and welcome to episode 385 of the Awesome Comics Podcast. The place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I almost forgot about the words I was about to say in the intro. <laughs> well, you but, say, well, if you said I, big then, I Yeah, I've, I've done this far too long and it's muddled my brain. And who am I? I am Vince Hunt and joining me as always is the creator of the webcomic Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And when it comes to head fashion, he's a leader, not a follower. It's Tony Esmond. And what do I mean by that? He's got a headband, baby. I've got the worst embarrassing headband. You look like one of GNR, and by that I mean Guns N' Roses kids. He, he looks love it. like you put the. I saw the picture. And you yeah. that comment. He looks like Snake from Metal Solid Gear. Snake from Metal Gear yeah. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm well, all, I've got all about you know that. I've got a, you know my hair is like a brown waterfall. It's beautiful. The I decided to. It was all going all over the place when I was out. My my new thing, which is going running every morning, and I thought I'll get uh, Helena. I'm going to blame her. Said, so why don't you get a headband? So I bought one, and it's it's. I got quite a big head, and it squeezes my head so much it hurts. Yeah, oh, that's not good. Um, so, I, well, I don't worry, Tony. This is the last one to speak of it. There'll be no more uh, Andre Agassi jokes or anything like that. Um, <laughs> I did. I did. You know. I. You know. I've got. I, I don't care how I look. It, it doesn't bother me. But I, even sending you that guy, I didn't have second thoughts about whether I should have sent it to you. It looks so stupid. <laughs> looks so fucking stupid in that picture. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, you weren't smiling on that picture, mind you. You never smile cool, on any picture of you. <clears throat> no, I try not to. Yeah, you... I sent you some pictures from last night, didn't I? We're now, yeah, we're now good, with yeah. Dave and yeah. uh, Cliff, and we did yeah. some silly pictures. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, quite quite a reunion. Anyway, uh, <laughs> welcome to the show, everyone. We're going to be talking about comics a bit this week, of course, and we've got a returning yep. guest, friend of the show, Shane Chebsey. Uh, back on. There's a yeah. lovely interview talking about comics and his new publishing. But it chuckled, print. didn't we? Yeah. 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 And don't include that thing I said afterwards, please. Well, you just have to wait and see, won't you? <laughs> um, oh, Vince, you editing teeds. You know it. <laughs> but that's how we'll get you to listen on past um, the <laughs> intro and the sponsorship bit. Where, who are who sponsored this show? Comic House. Oh, of Very course. Yeah. Them. Comic Comic so House. So smooth, aren't we? Yeah. Um, they are an indie comic marketplace that loves indie comics as much as we do. If you go on the Comic House website, comichouse.com, there's a huge selection of titles that are currently on mm. the database. Loads of people have added their books there. If you self-publish, you can list your book on there as well. It's another avenue to get your work out to the world, as is the Comic House app. It's a digital app. It's got only £3 a month, um, which we have a little bit of a talk about digital, the price of digital comics. And for £3 a month... yeah. Is an That's absolute a, steal because banger. you get yeah. you get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics. And uh, what's on there at the moment, Dan? We've got a bloop in the pigeon pandemic, uh, the last arrival. We've got Ghostwriter, Saint Volume One, Hauntings, a collection of nine lessons in hauntings by Lisa April Amelia, uh, the Taybridge disaster, Mean Puke by uh, our pal Gareth Hopkins, Spirit of Enki, and Sketchbook Two, the awesome drinking draw, February twenty twenty one to July twenty twenty one, and. Where there's another drink and draw on the horizon. So yeah, we must do one because we said we do one after Thought Bubble, and as we yes. as we're recording, people are sort of wending their way home, aren't they, from Thought Bubble? Yes. I have to say, if you if there's a book that you didn't pick up at Thought Bubble and you wish you had, there's a good chance it's going to be on Comic House actually. Good there's a lot of people yeah. who are there on there. Yes, yeah, so it's yeah. worth looking on there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you listen to us while you're on your way back from Thought Bubble, we hope you uh, had a great weekend and you travel safely, yeah. and uh, you sold loads of comics, or maybe you bought loads of uh, cool comics. If you did, let us know about them because we love. We got yeah. reports that Trotters was empty. Oh, yeah. Trotters! I also got a message from someone that's just said, "Where are you, wankers?" Fair <laughs> enough. We were not there this nice. year. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, We'll come back strong. In yeah. the future, don't 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 worry. <laughs> 
Don't worry. Strong like bull. Well, strong like bull. <laughs> What's that from? I don't know, actually. I've been saying that year for years. I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, that's definitely oh, yeah. from something. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what. Let's go away and talk about it while the um, listeners listen to this brilliant interview. Um, so <laughs> here we go. If you want to find out... another one. Have we got another interview? <laughs> no. You can't get no, better we were than very Shane. good on that one. You Shane can't get good. better than we Shane Chebsey. So here is our interview with him right now. Okay, this week we are joined by a returning guest. Always nice to reconnect with a friend of the show, as always. Um, it's the man behind the Icecast, um, which I watched live recently, which was a very yes. saucy show, wasn't it, Dan? <laughs> I appeared on live. That's great. What, that's what I'm dressed. talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Dan was this dressed, time. but we can't have everything. Um, it's like <laughs> but... OnlyFans for me, that, that video thing. Oh. I love it. Oh, God. <laughs> but our guest has also decided, <laughs> as well as like talking to Dan, um, he's just he started the new publishing imprint, Scratch Comics. And it's our pleasure to welcome Shane Chebsey back to the show. Hello, sir. Thank you for that kind welcome hello Paul. <laughs> hello man how long is it since we've had you on it's about four years i reckon it's something like that. i think it was probably it was when i first started doing so it was 2019 i think when i came oh, on right. i just started doing comic salopia ah and yes uh, of course me on for that, and we talked yeah. about all sorts of shit and it was um it was a good show i really i really enjoyed yeah, it a good it, laugh yeah. man yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't can't have hated it too much because you're back. Or maybe you forgot about it, and then all of a sudden you're suddenly realising that what mistake he's blanked it out. Yeah. Well, a lot of childhood trauma. Yeah, <laughs> I remember now. I've got to go. Um, yeah. No, it's a pleasure to have you back, Shane. And obviously, it's awesome to see that you are just churning out some great comics into the world. Yeah, you know. So obviously. As we're talking, uh, 2022 is almost at an end. I don't know where the time is going. I, uh, time uh, is a construct that doesn't really exist anymore. But uh, and you've you've decided to step into the comics publishing world in 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 a sort of time when, let's face it, as we're speaking now, November, the world is a crazy, amorphous sort of place. Um, and we always say to every comics publisher, "You're crazy. Why did you decide to do it now?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the honest answer is I love doing it. You know, yeah, the best answer. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I went. <laughs> I'll be honest as well. When I decided I was going to start Scratch Comics, um, that you know, it was in when was it last year, late last year. So it, it was. I didn't really know what was going to happen <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it, you know, the decision didn't seem quite as crazy when I actually made it. Um, but you know, there's there's still a lot of um, still a lot of people out there who like good comics. You know, yeah, yeah. thankfully. Um, and I don't think I think the industry is going through a change, and it has been for a while. It's a long, slow change. Um, but I'm quite happy to be in the mix, you know, and learning yeah. from those changes. And so, yeah, I'm a bit mad, I guess. But um, <laughs> but but it it was an you know an educated madness, you could say. <laughs> well, you've been in this game for a while, man, haven't you? So you know, yeah, you know, we've got confidence. You know what you're doing, and and the two wow. books you sent us have been have been have been excellent. I really enjoyed mm. them. Oh, I'm glad um, you liked them. So, is it just you, dude? Is it just you as part of it, or? Well, it's just me at the moment doing scratch. Um, I, as you know, I, I did Scar Comics for about 15 years with uh, Andy Richmond. Mm. Yeah, um, and we decided to go our separate ways for one reason or another. We're still still friends, you know. But uh, <laughs> Andy wanted to do his thing, and I wanted to do my thing. And it's always better to 
allow that i think you know if mm. you go in different yeah. directions yeah so um I, so the thing the is idea... i think maybe if even rolling back further than that um if mm. you don't mind it's i think i remember yeah. meeting you the first time was it bristol when you were doing was it small zone was that the name of it? yes yeah that's going way back mate i mean i started yeah. small zone in 1999 right um, okay and that was off the back of oh god i look back now at the early stuff i did i mean we the, don't we all called, do man yeah yeah it, it, it's, it's, it, we did comic artists of the future what sort of title is that eh? <laughs> um, yeah 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 you, 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 well they're yeah. just sitting on twitter moaning about stuff is that, is that it? <laughs> Actually, Twitter didn't exist then. Yeah, I um, know. We're, we're right. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the guys I published back then um, did go on and do stuff, you know. Um, okay. But, but the majority didn't, you know. The majority just did what I did, which is mess about. But the um, but it was a start. You know, it was what I learned everything. But like 94 to 2000, really, was a big learning curve of about publishing comics. And then I got into the small zone, which was more about distribution. So no, I remember you used to have a table at Bristol, didn't you, where yeah. you could leave if you didn't have it? Because I mean, it, back then comic conventions weren't loads of small press tables. There was, you know, there was a few of us doing it, and you could leave your comic with you. That's right, and you would sell it for them at your it. table. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it existed for as long as it had to, basically. Yeah. Um, because we didn't have as many conventions. We had like two or three a year, and people couldn't didn't really have tables at conventions back then. There was just one or two people. Yeah. Um. So I did it for them basically. I took like you know I think it was. 30 percent or whatever and uh, and i went around the country with my bags <laughs> i didn't drive then so everything was lugged on the train wow. and, um, i, I genuinely think there's a space for that again i do think there's a space for that again. it's funny you, you know? say that because i mean i i wouldn't do it again but yeah i think if somebody did it i think they they there's definitely a space for it because some publishers just haven't got the time to go to every convention yeah you know um and having a couple of tables at a con where you know those smaller publishers maybe it's the first book they've ever done so they haven't really got the clout to, to sort of book a table at an expensive con whereas yeah. i they can just go you know with a, a distro and uh they get their stuff out there you know so I, I think it's all it's weird actually it's it's a bit funny because it's almost like things have gone around in a circle but i yeah. think yeah definitely i think you could be on something there i think i think distro room. We we talk a bit about distro here, Shane, because we, we I'm I'm hooked into strangers, which is our distro in the in the states because yeah. it's so expensive to you know ship a book to the states. There's no point mm. anymore, you know, no. as, as a purchaser. And we yeah. they've done the reverse now, and and Stephen Ingram's has got a distro over here, Third Bear, you know, that does mm. the reverse. And I think we need that sort of thing now because it's becoming mm. so yeah. pricey to do this sort of thing, you know. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, the way we get around shipping stuff to the states is to ship it in bulk. Yeah, um, so you yeah. send a big consignment out, and then somebody in the states distributes it. You know, yeah, that's um, exactly what we do. Actually, funny enough, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the only way. Now, I mean, if you was, I mean, I just sent someone a book in the states actually, and I haven't done that for a long time. Like just one book yeah. out to the states, it was eight pound thirty for a comic. You know, that's it's cheap. Like, well, that, yeah, <laughs> if you look, was, we were yeah. talking about it earlier, Dan. When we you looked at something on eBay, and it was what like fifteen quid or something. Ship one comic. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. So I was like, oh, this doesn't look too bad, and it's like the fucking postage was just unreal I was like man i can't yeah can't justify that no way yeah, yeah, yeah. not viable is it it's just no. not viable so yeah they've had a good go haven't they at destroying um publishing but, <laughs> <laughs> but we will prevail <laughs> we're not going to give in that easily <laughs> that's a fucking quote for this episode man <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> 
when you come when we when you come to write your memoirs, Jane, put that in the fucking front page, mate. Mm. They've given it a good go at destroyed publishing, haven't they? But we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> still here. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who they are exactly. Oh, we all know. You it's know, the man yeah, chain. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. always a bit ambiguous, isn't it, when you say they? You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I try and avoid it, but, <laughs> yeah. but we all know who they are. Yeah, yeah. we need we need special sunglasses to see them, but they're out there. <laughs> um, so when you um, sort of decided to get back into like you know the comics publishing game and stuff, how do you you know the importance of the first titles? Uh, it's I think the the first couple of titles out out the door are some of the most important, aren't they? It's it's the mm. thing that's going to kick everything yeah. off. How did you decide? How did you come about with the titles that have actually come out? Because you know we've got Dracula: The Return and Hedrick, yeah, uh, yeah. Night of the Mummers, um, which you... are two absolute yeah. double barreled winners. <laughs> Yeah, I agree, man. I read I reread Dracula today, and I read I read Hedrick as well today, and I fucking loved it, man. Yeah, but how did yeah? Yeah. How did they become the the choices? Okay, so there's a bit of a story. So yeah, Hedrick, um, I mean, comes from Lawrence Allison, who is um, now let me get this right. He's a clever fucker, basically. (laughs) I don't know exactly what he does, but he's He's a psychologist, isn't he? Is that right? He is a psychologist. He's a he's a. Now he will he will be angry that I don't know. Is it like exactly. a forensic psychologist? Forensic psychologist, that's yeah. it. Yes, yes, of course. Um, so he <laughs> he's worked with law enforcement, um, and I think he's worked with the armed services as well about problem solving, decision making, interview techniques, things like that. Um, so he's got a lot of like knowledge, real knowledge about how uh, police work, you know. Yeah. Um, and. So he's applied that. I mean, that's not the whole premise of it or anything like that. Yeah. But he's certainly been able to apply that knowledge to Hedrick. So, uh, for those who don't know, Hedrick is a is a detective like folk horror thriller. I suppose you could call yeah. it. Mm. But see, it's um, almost like police procedural, but in a folk horror mm, framework. Right. It, you know. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Which is two like of my favourite genres. So. Right. Um, <laughs> and and you know you don't get a lot of police procedural in comics. You know? yeah. No, you don't. Yes. No, no, no. You're right. Not, not so much. Yeah. Like, there's a few standout titles, isn't there? But mm. can mm. I can I point out that it's based in the town of Sandford? Now, <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Where's where does Sandford come from? Do you know Shane? Um, Sandford. Well, in the story, it's in Somerset. Yeah, but the, there's an interesting thing because Sandford is the town that comes from that Hot Fuzz is based in. Yeah. Yes. I think, um, I think that was on purpose. Yeah, yeah but also, do you know why they called it that in Hot Fuzz? No, I've heard the story, but you'll have to remind me. Okay, because Sanford is the imaginary town that is used in police promotion exams. Uh, right, okay. Yeah. So yeah. interesting. Yeah, nice little line. So what, they, they kind of did like a, a, a an exercise, it being the, the village of... The, the fake Stanford. town of Sanford, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I had a little smile on my face when I saw that man. That was good. <laughs> nice little Simon Pegg callback as well. You know, sort of. That's yeah. it. It's, it, it. You know, there's a few little Easter eggs in the in the story yeah. actually. Um, so we, we've just finished the issue two as well. The All right, cool. For that was successful. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm really and going back to your question, Vince, the, about why we started with that. Yeah. It, for me, it was about sort of setting out a stall and saying. We're not gonna. We're not. It's more about what we're not. You know, we're not gonna do superheroes. Um, yeah. We're not gonna do things that we wanted to be doing something that nobody else was doing, basically. And and when I saw what Lawrence was planning, because we sort of chatted about it a bit online, 
um, and we obviously talked about David drawing it. Um, oh, David Hitchcock, knew... who's one of my, yeah. you know, for, for me, stuff, man. for Great me, really nice yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a legend in the indie UK comic scene for me. And he did, he he's done, he's done like the Visible Man on 2000 AD and stuff like that, hasn't he? Yeah. He's done a few yeah. things there. Yeah. yeah. He's done some stuff for heavy metal. Right. Um, he's, and obviously, he's an Eagle Award winner. Yeah. Um, Spring Hill, <laughs> Spring Hill Jack and stuff like yeah, that. That's it's just it. yeah. Phenomenal. yeah. Which was beautiful. You yeah. Know? Mm. Um, and, and and the thing about Dave is, <laughs> he does so much that you don't ask him to do. But nine times out of ten, it, it's good. You know, there's a lot of line work on those pages, isn't there? Let's face it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of work, but it's not superfluous. You know, there's yeah. all everything he puts in there, all those details, they are to aid the story. Gotcha. You know, yeah, um, which is which is great because there's a lot of artists out there who do a lot of detail. Um, sometimes because they like noodling. But sometimes mm. it's to cover up the fact they're not that great the draftsmen, you know. Yeah, um, but, that's me. But with, with, with Dave, <laughs> <laughs> with Dave, it's not that you know. It's it, it, he, he does it to tell the story, to add to the story, to give detail, and to give background and texture to the story, mm. you know. And it, oh, it's, it's wonderful to work with him. I'm sounding a bit like excited there, aren't I? But, <laughs> oh, totally. Don't, yeah, don't let him hear this because yeah. you'll have to play him more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's great working with him. Yeah, he's a really good guy. And yeah, he puts so much into it. He was the perfect person to draw this story, basically. I mean, so how did the origin... I mean, did did you chat to a creator and then you thought, well, I could put his book out. Let's start Scratch Comics. Or was it the other way around? You started Scratch Comics and you thought, right, it yeah. would be good. You know. That's a good question, actually, because it's, yeah. it's all about timing, isn't it? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. So, so we stopped doing Scar, Scar and I've, I've done Dead by Dawn, you know. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That had done, you know, the second volume, and they had done so well on Kickstarter and been so well received. And it was, it looked like it was going places, but obviously, it wasn't. Um, right. and so, but I did, I was going to do another Dead by Dawn. And I got all these people, I was talking to people and I was okay. going to do lots of other stuff. And so it was really like, I wanted to carry on because there were people I was talking to, I was really excited about working with and I didn't just want to cut it dead. I was already talking to uh, uh, Dacre Stoker. I was always already talking to, um, you know, Claudia Christian and, and to <laughs> Dave and all those I bet people. You were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, I didn't want to stop, you know what I mean? Just because yeah. Scar had stopped. So it was like, oh, I'm going to have to start from scratch, hence the name, you know. And th yeah, it was just a continuation of what I wanted to do, really. Um, I mean, Scratch they has got kind of a horror connotation in it. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I think that. It just has, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I, I, I that. feel yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And it's the, the idea of it is it's, it's the, old, the old, you know, scratching the surface. So you, yeah. it, it, there's horror, but there's also that, the other element we're only scratching the surface of what is the potential of comics you know that's where the you know if you want to get lofty about it <laughs> that's where the name okay it's a bit of a play on words with those starting from scratch but the idea is we're scratching the surface of, of what comics can do in any genre you know except for superheroes i just don't have a, a desire to do superhero stuff yeah, yeah you're quite happy reading it you just, you just, yeah yeah leave it to someone else yeah. almost yeah, I mean, there's people doing it, and they're doing it really well. So, it's not it's not going to be my strength as a publisher because mm. even though I love superhero comics, you know, I've got bloody thousands of the damn things. Yeah, I I spent money today on loads of the bloody things at MCM, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as the publisher, it's just not my bag. You know? I guess yeah. you got didn't want to think you want to rock up against Marvel DC. Well, to be fair, yeah. I think you probably do a fairly good shout of 
<laughs> Silly one, day, day, man. Yeah. one day someone comes to me with a really good superhero pitch that i think you know is worth this could go shot. somewhere i'll yeah. do it you know if, if i think the story is there and, and the right artist is on board and i think it's saying something different you know it's it's, it's breaking some boundaries any other cliches i can add to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 breaks new ground treads new ground yeah <laughs> you got it all, yeah. all covered yeah. pushing the envelope that's another one isn't it yeah <laughs> but you know it's, that it's genuinely what i want to try and do you know and i yeah. think with what we've done so far we, we're not just treading water you know we are oh definitely you know, yeah hedrick's something different dracula is something that is it's a different way of looking at dracula yeah let's have a talk about that man because i really yeah. enjoyed that and i it sort of it got me it, sometimes when i read these comics it, it gets you sort of thinking beyond the page almost you know because mm. you've kind of gone it's it's we, me, me, Vince, and Dan were talking about it before we started about how you know some characters are almost idealised, but you've kind of gone back to the drawing board with Dracula, haven't you? You've made him quite yeah. fucking almost disgusting in a lot of yeah. the stuff that happens to him, haven't you? Yeah, he's yeah. a nasty piece of work. Because yeah, th- th- I mean the premise is, I mean this is coming from Dacre because he wants it to be the original Dracula. Right. So, yeah. Ironically, the original Dracula is something different to what everyone else has done. Um, yeah. So we've gone back to the basics. It's like, this is Dracula from the novel. He's a nasty piece of work. He's got hairy hands. <laughs> he's, he's not a good looking guy, really. Doesn't make um, you a bad person, Shane. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Having hairy hands. Yeah. yeah. But um, he's not, he's not, you know, he's not, he's not the, the beautiful sort of guy that you get. In the, the romanticized movies, you know? kind of no, yeah it's, it's not a romance there's no romance in this really it's uh it's a horror and he's a nasty piece of work and you know it's taking cues from the book and from the notes that um bram made uh dacre and chris the co-writer have gone got together and said like okay well what can we take from these notes to give us confidence that what we're doing even though it's really going off in a different direction is in keeping with what bram stoker wanted hmm. you know and obviously we don't know we can only yeah. you know surmise, mm. but um but we've done our best you know all of us especially you know Dacre, to, to preserve the legacy you know it's not it's not a cheap shot by any means yeah. it's almost it's, making him almost sort of verminous there's a sort of quality to it is that, is that right i don't know that's, sort of, that's how it yeah, plays well, for then, me. i mean there's i don't want to give too much away but you yeah. know there is that scene where you know he's sort of asked to give up his remaining humanity you know and that's i fi- i found that quite a powerful scene mm-hmm. um, especially yeah. when i read it in the script actually when i read the script because that because obviously you can't see the art and you form your own images in your head you know somebody being asked to give up their own their, their remaining humanity it sort of almost made him sympathetic for a moment okay you know um and i think that was the way in for the reader to sympathize and to empathize a little bit with dracula um to know that at that point there was still some humanity there and he's yeah. sacrificing it yeah um i don't, I don't want to give too much more away no 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 because, you know, excuse me for I'm, being a bit thick is Dacre stoker a relation in some way yeah he's um he's bram stoker's great grandnephew oh okay <laughs> yeah so he's a yeah he, he looks after the stoker estate for the um for the grandpa for the great grandparents the great grandchildren oh, okay. sorry <laughs> if they were great grandparents they'd be vampires wouldn't they <laughs> but, um, but yeah he lo- he sort of looks after all that and he's been researching Bram Stoker and Dracula and Bram's other works for you know many many years 
Um, so he's one of the most knowledgeable scholars of Bram Stoker's works, which awesome. is great because we've combined some elements from some of the other books into this as well. I'm uh, completely we- unaware of any other books written by Bram Stoker. I've got to say that's maybe shown uh, total ignorance rare thing. Yeah. But- I was unaware. Well, that's, I mean, I, I was pretty unaware of most of them, to be honest. Um, I was aware of the White Worm, but oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of the others, I wasn't so I wasn't aware. You know, I've learned a lot. I mean, Dacre has educated me. <laughs> how did how did that relationship start, Shane? Did you did he yeah. come to you or? Well, basically, what happened was I was talking to Chris uh, McCauley about um, what was I talking to him about? That's right. He did. He, him and Dacre come and come to me and did a story for Dead by Dawn. Right. It was a little four pager sort of uh, about some a vampire rock uh a, a rock band um mm. well actually it was the manager who was the off just giving it away but, then, <laughs> <laughs> darn. but they, they did a lovely story for me and it was drawn by luke cooper okay um, cool we, look, we've had luke on the show he's a good lad yeah. yeah he's a good lad he's a good lad and uh that did that did, you know that was well received and they i enjoyed working with them and and then they already had the idea of doing this dracula thing um and originally uh it was going to be a scar project you know and so when scar folded up uh, i said to dacre and chris i said look i'd really still like to do this because i think there's so much potential in you know doing a genuine dracula story carrying on from the novel you know and i really liked the idea of using the original dracula so we just kept on talking really after after they worked with us on that and uh I went to see Chris Geary, the artist. Um, where did I see? No, he came on that show. I think. Okay. I can't remember what? I think it was for Tony Harris's. Uh, was it? No, what's his name? Tony Foster. Not Tony Harris. Isn't it? Oh yeah, the comic scene <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So he was doing something for that, and it was like a Victorian type thing. And I saw his art, and I just thought, "Whoa, Dracula!" You know. And so after the end of the um, the, the show. I sort of said, can you, can you like stay behind? We'll have a chat. Um, and I think he was a bit like, what's he want? What's this dodgy guy? <laughs> um, but I sort of knew, I sort of knew Chris already, you know, and, uh, and he said, and I said to him, you know, would you be interested in doing a Dracula strip? And he pretty much said, yeah, you know, there, and there, there wasn't much like persuasion. He, he was up for it, you know, and he was, it was a really good choice, I think. Yeah. Um, so it all came together, you know, pretty, pretty smoothly. It was, it seemed like fate, you know. Yeah, the art right... man is lovely. I got to. Yeah, it's that, really nice. Yeah, and is it? Mm. Was it Matt Soft did the did the, uh, did. the color on everything? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I love Who the color is... on it as well. Yeah. Really good. Great. Yeah, yeah. He's my go-to colorist at the moment because he just does such a great job on everything. I'm just, yeah. I'm just dreading the day that he says, "Right, I'm going to be charging you more now." <laughs> 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 I realize I'm bloody good and I'm not charging enough because i mean he's, he's really good and he's not charging enough basically um, <laughs> Don't listen to this. that cover yeah. is absolutely striking i really love it yeah oh, it's that's a great cover ben. that's yeah. ben stenbeck yeah yeah i mean that's if you yeah the cover that you guys have got that's ben stenbeck who obviously is known for hellboy bprd um, oh nice Baltimore. i met ben when he was my guest in 2019 at the uh, comic slopia ah okay um, and we just stayed in touch because we just had lots of things in common that we like and yeah so because he's in new zealand so I, it was very unlikely i was going to bump into him again but he made a choice <laughs> to keep in touch you know so i, I pestered him <laughs> for a cover um and yeah he, he came up with the goods man that is a stunning cover yeah I it's say. a cracking cover yeah. that's that's a, a proper big two cover for me but oh, that's God. like a an image comics cover for me better than big yeah. two yeah it's like a 
a good image yeah. closing, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm guessing Stokerverse is that is that something you're in joint? You both. How does that work? Because that it says Stokerverse on the top, doesn't it? Yeah. So Stokerverse is what that's the company or the brand that Chris and Dacre have created together. Right. So that's, they own that, um, and basically because we're doing something within the Stokerverse, the, the the logo goes on the book, basically. Um, but it is a it's a scratch book. But right. It, any any anything within the Stokerverse, there's an agreement that that will be, you know. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, 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 yeah that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the other one we haven't talked about is Dark Legacies, Claudia Christian's Dark Legacy. So, for any, anyone who doesn't know, she was Ivanova in Babylon Five as, as as well as some other things. She's in a um, Seagal yeah. movie as well. Um, She's in the, the Hidden with Cole. Uh, yeah, very that's, yeah. That. that's a great yeah. film. Yeah, she's done some good stuff actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, Babylon 5, I was a massive fan. Me too, man. I rewatched it a couple of years ago when lockdown started, and it still stands yeah. up. Such a great series! Oh, it does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, the CGI is a bit ropey, and, and you know, but it, it's a great series in the way that it tells a story. Yeah, yeah. Know, well, they yeah. started the whole arc thing. If you look at you know, sci fi before that, yeah, yeah, it was all like you know, Monster of the Week, wasn't it? Before that, yeah, yeah, but these guys you know well i say these guys it was jms wasn't it he had a vision yeah um, and, and harlan ellison as well as i understand it to a certain yes. extent wasn't he He was involved wasn't he yeah he was the consultant on it um yeah which you can sort of tell you know it's um yeah it's got his sort of signature on some of it i think he wrote one of the episodes actually like he's a voice on a computer in one episode as well isn't he i think that probably is right yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge fan of Holland Ellison, not just yeah. as a, not just in his work, but just in his attitude and the way he fought for yeah. creator rights, and yeah. just didn't take any shit off anyone. Did oh, I love him. <laughs> Some of that comics, um, um, comics journal stuff he did as well. Mm -hmm. And I was reading Danger. Weirdly, I was reading Dangerous Visions. You know, it was an anthology, sci-fi anthology oh, yeah. out in the eighties. And he yeah. put his intro is just him printing loads of people having a go at him for the last, <laughs> the last volume being shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what are you going to say? Say something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Sometimes I'll just like on a Sunday, I'll just sit down and just watch old YouTube videos of Arnold. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, it's so it's good. Just really, I still, I just love it. It just makes me feel all happy and joyful, you know. Yeah, zero shits given. Absolutely yeah, zero totally. shits given. He's, he's, he's yeah. a real hero. I wish I could be as courageous as him. You know. Yeah. So, I, I, Claudia Christensen, how did how did she come on board with the the project? Actually, keeping things on track, Dan. That's all right. Um, <laughs> so, again, that's a, that relationship formed through Chris McCauley, actually, because Chris and Claudia are friends, and um, she wanted to do a comic. She wanted to do her own. She had an idea, this Dark Legacy's idea, because she's a writer as well, and she wanted to do a comic. And uh, Chris basically put her on to me and said, well, Shane does comics. Um, he's all right, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> So we had a chat online, and you know you want to you want to sound people out, don't you? Yeah. Um, get to know them a little bit. So we we talked for a bit, and yeah, I mean, I was I was surprised like her knowledge of sci-fi and stuff like that. You know, she's really knowledgeable, and like, very good to work with. Really nice to work with. Like so nice working with professionals. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the idea was interesting to me you know the, because it's been done before you know the the future the, it's in the future and it's uh it's it, it, it's a different society way in the future it's, it's it's a space sort of epic but it's got that sort of hard-edged horror element to it as well 
Okay. Which is what, you know, it's basically that's what attracted me. You know, there, there's people getting their, you know, spines pulled out and all that sort of stuff nice. in it. You know? oh, yeah. So lovely. it's not your, it's, it's not, it's not your normal uh, sci-fi, you know, it's got all the trappings, you know, cool spaceships, spacesuits and all that sort of stuff, you know, uh, techno babble, but <laughs> it doesn't, um, it's not just that. It's got this little edge to it, which was what attracted me to it more than anything. So, I mean, I'm yeah, not, we... not that I'm not that I'm stalking her, um, but she's <laughs> in the UK quite a lot. I, I follow her on Instagram. I think she's yeah. in the UK quite a lot. I think. Have you got to meet her? Or not in the flesh? No. Um, oh, funnily okay. enough, even though she has been over, I mean, she was going to be uh, a guest at um, Ice, but that didn't happen. So yeah, um, we. We hopefully, hopefully, that's this is an exclusive actually because it oh. might not happen. It might not happen, but we're hopefully getting her over for a signing next month. Oh, cool! Um, well, let's know, man. We'll give oh, it nice. a yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you know if it comes off. Um, yeah. Um, so no, she's be been over. She's done stuff. I'm going to say for Big Finish and been over and done some mm. signings for them. I think. Yeah. Previously, yeah. Yeah, she's done some audio stuff. And she's yeah. really good at that as well. Yeah. Um, she did something for Chris, like it was a Dracula thing, and she she did an English accent and. Apart from, you know, because you know how critical we are, you know, people of yeah. Americans doing English accents. Um, but like, there was like a couple of words that weren't quite on, on. But you know, this I think it was like a, a half an hour thing, and it was spot on. Really good English accent. Oh, nice. Right? So she's good, and she's done a lot of audio stuff. I think for games as well and things like that. Yeah. So she's got that like string to her bow, I guess. Um, was it so, Star yeah. Hike? Was it? A- was it Star Hike? Was that the name of the quiz show she was on, or something, or some? Possibly, possibly. Oh, okay. I, 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 you know, I'll be totally honest. I didn't, I didn't. I'm not a stalker. I didn't partake in. That. <laughs> I mean, the more you say, the more you say. I know, I keep saying it, but uh, I am not a stalker. The um, the other thing is, you got um, <clears throat> you got Staz Johnson on arts. That's going to be a lovely looking book. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah. So Staz has has done an amazing job. He's just finishing off the last couple of pages, actually. Oh, nice. Oh, great. Um, and yeah, I mean, Stas was you know somebody I always wanted to work with because I really like his storytelling. Yeah, he's a very good storyteller um, and a great artist, obviously. You know, you don't um, see enough of his sequentials. I think I, I, I seem mm. to see his like pinups and stuff more than I see his sequentials, which is a shame. Yeah. You know, well, well, sequentials, you know, they take a long time, don't they? And they're they're, they're yeah. hard work, and it's it's a big commitment to do sequ- sequential pages. I think, um, <laughs> but we managed to twist his arm. You know, um, and get him to do. I think it's twenty-two pages or twenty-one pages for this. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, and it, he's done a superb. I mean, we've put some up on the site, you know, to show people, and it's. It, I'm really, really impressed. I mean, we've got Matt again, Matt Soph, to do the, yeah. uh, the colours, and it's a great pairing. To be honest, it's uh, cool. It's it's really nice to see those two guys working together. And Matt said to me, he said. I really like colouring Stas's stuff. You know, it's like it's such a pleasure. You know, you know and it's really nice to hear That's that. Good. And, and yeah. Stas came back. I saw Stas in Nottingham when when we were in there. Yeah, I didn't get over to him actually, but yeah, no, oh, you, didn't were, you? you were near it. No, didn't really get over. Oh. The only reason I got to see you is you popped over. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you had a few people there, didn't you? Who sort of linked up with you? Yeah, it just fell that way, you know, because we got Andy Bluer doing the design for us. Yeah. So and and he did that lovely job on the on the. Dracula, you know, uh, made he made everybody look good. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I get you. And yeah. uh, he's done the same for um, um, Hedrick as well, a little bit on issue two, um, and also on uh, Dot Lexis. Um, so right, yeah, cool. I, 
having having those people there and being able to see them in the flesh, as it were, and say thanks for everything they've done, and be able to give them a get, hand over a, a copy, you know, of the book. Nice. Uh, it was nice to do that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed Nottingham actually, even though it was quite quiet. It's uh, it had a nice vibe to it. I yeah, I think it was made better by the fact it's just a sort of chuckle there, isn't it? You know. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it? It was. It was. It was a good. It was a good atmosphere, you know. And it was obviously it's all comics, which helps, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, definitely. The opposite of what I did today, you know, go to MCM and it's like, <laughs> where are the comics? You know. Oh, that's a shame. Because yeah. I think Nottingham, Nottingham clashed with MCM, and obviously Thought Bubble and MCM are clashing again now. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they do it? Why do they I do know, it? Why can't they space them so out through the year? You know. Yeah, I used to work so hard not to do that with my events. You know, I used to. Yeah. I used to ring everyone up and say, "When's your? Uh, you know, we, we talk to each other and 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 uh, you know, you always clash with someone. It's it's impossible not to. But mm. what like one my number one rule was don't clash with MCM. Right. You know, don't clash with Thought Bubble, and don't clash with like the big US shows because a lot of people go over to them and you can't get guests if you clash. With right. Them. Okay. Good point. Yeah. But uh, some uh, these days, I don't know. People just seem to be quite happy to like clash with each other I, I don't get that yeah, yeah. there's got to be a reason I can't work out myself I'm not too I suppose uh, maybe a lot of these shows are looking for just those people who are into manga and Funko Pops mm. and stuff like that now and it doesn't really play into the numbers yeah. game we play with the small amount of people in the country who are into comics I suppose you know that's it I mean it doesn't yeah. hurt MCM if they you know if not Nottingham is happening MCM don't give a shit you know because they they're still going to get what 60 70 thousand people <laughs> whereas you know uh you can guarantee that 50% of the people who would have gone to Nottingham went to MCM. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to raise an issue that we kind of, uh, I wouldn't say faced, but popped up earlier in the week. And that was uh, the pricing of small press and digital okay. books. Mm. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's something you can pitch in with this on Shane. Cause obviously uh, that's <clears> something <throat> you deal with, but uh, yeah. we had a kind of listener have a bit of a back and forth with someone about the price of their, their digital book saying that what they were charging was way in excess of what they thought was uh, mm. legit. So in response, you put up a poll, didn't you? Tony? Yeah. So I put up mm. a poll. I thought, you know, let's not get in some ridiculous, you know, argument um, with people who just won't listen. <laughs> let's, just, uh, <laughs> let's just see Let what the people thinks. decide. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's a democracy. Um, yeah. So I put up a poll and said, what is a reasonable and sustainable price for a digital 22-page mm. comic that is for sale on Kickstarter or pre-ordered on okay. Kickstarter? We got yeah. 175 votes. Um, at £1, 9%. £3, a lot of cheap people out there, Shane. At £3, uh, 72%, which was overwhelmingly Whoa. you know the largest thing these are obviously yeah. british people then stingy. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 northerners probably shane i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah, um yeah. <laughs> uh, eight, eight, that's uh, tony saying it yeah vince did my voice there um <laughs> eight, eight pounds 13 percent and 10 pounds or more six percent which is an interesting okay. thing yeah that's interesting. I mean, obviously, those aren't people that use Kickstarter for because you, you go onto Kickstarter and I mean, when I've looked at this as well, and so have other mm. people, and I've like looked at other people's studies on it, and and the average price, if you go, if this isn't exact, so you know, don't quote me, but it's pretty spot on. It, if you look at the top twenty um, campaigns on Kickstarter at any mm. given time, chances are the average price of uh, a standard comic book, which which we'll say is between 22 and 44 pages, for the sake yeah. of argument, 
um, is between, um, I think they did it in dollars, so it was between $12 and $25. You know, it goes from 12 to 25 So to me, that's like 8 to £10. Pounds. It translates into the British market. You're looking at about 8 to £12 pounds to... For a digital know, comic? Yeah, I mean, and oh. then and if you if you go for print, it can be even higher. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do think the digital comics need to be less than. Yeah, print I agree comics. with you, man. Yeah, I mean, we do I, I, we do it as a pound. I mean, we, we do yeah. them as a pound and ours. I, I mean, did, I've, sorry, Dan. I did have an argument: the fact that uh, I'd be willing to pay more on someone's Kickstarter if they were funding to make the book than I would mm. someone's finished product. Do mm. you know what I mean? If if they're saying like, "Well, I've had this comic yeah. out for two years." It's ten dollars, and then when I look back at the Kickstarter, he was charging ten dollars. I was like, "Well, has it not paid for itself by now?" Yeah, okay. I think we've got the problem as well now. Is a lot of these books now are going out through Diamond and are getting onto Comicsology, and yeah. when they go onto Comicsology, you can bet your life they're not going to be twelve dollars. No, 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 no. no. You, you go off for more. You got off for more. Now, yeah. the way we've we've tackled that because right, okay, um, because I do think that is a genuine issue, and I think value for money is really important. Yeah, I get. It. And I've mm, seen a lot yeah. of people get ripped off. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually had someone come to me, actually, a friend of mine wrote to me uh, on WhatsApp and said, Jane, I, I haven't had my book yet, but that's cool because I know it's on, on its way. But um, I've seen it on sale. You know, I've, I just I pledged whatever it was, 10 quid for it. I've seen it on sale for 450. I was oh, like, okay, man. let me tell yeah. you why that is the case. The one that you are, the one that is on sale for 450 is a floppy comic and it's 36 pages, 32 pages. Okay. Yeah. The one you're getting in the mail has a spine and it has 48 pages. Right. And okay. It has a different cover. It's a lot rarer. And, you know, there's lots of. Extra so, giving the people who support you and back your book and get it yeah. made, you're giving yeah. them a better product. I get it. Again, that, a completely different yeah. product. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, you've seen the one that I gave you. You know, that's still a nice comic. You know, it's yes, a lovely really nice comic. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. that's good value for 450. But mm. what they get no, for I do. a tenner. I think that's a good price for it, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, think, I think what they get for a tenner is, is something more substantial. Yeah. Definitely. One the recent memory that fucking ran, ran afoul of this was that uh, Maddie, wasn't it? And Alistair mm, Campbell yeah. had a pop at people wow, backing yeah, it and it, it turned yeah. up in shops before it did the backers. Oh, yeah. Like, Mate, you've done yourself no favours there. But you were yeah. mentioning St. Vince about the fact that just because the comic costs so much money to put together, you can't pass that back onto the... There's only so much that you can pass back onto the, the, the consumer. There's, it's probably sustainable price. The, the, yeah. the, thing, the thing about it is, like, when these arguments come up and there's a lot of creators like, well, you don't know how much work it takes to make comics. Yes, we fucking do. But, <laughs> but the thing is, when you move beyond the comics bubble or you're trying to get new readers in, to be frankly honest, they don't give a fuck how much work you're you put yeah. into it. They just, yeah. think, they just think about the price they're going to be getting and if they enjoy it. And if they enjoy it, they come yeah. back for it. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Totally Which is right why I'm a big proponent of sweatshops. that's what we need more of in comics Um, (laughs) there's a a place up the road to me like they just opened up what a a sweatshop yeah (laughs) Uh, it's like a gourmet burger place and they're charging like 15 quid a burger would you put their windows in then yeah no well mate there's like people can walk five minutes there's a fucking mcdonald's drive-thru right there like you gotta be just because like people would just think oh fuck it i'm just gonna get the cheaper one even though your gourmet one's gonna be way better yeah it's just like they'll only pay so much it's the whole of free market yeah. society isn't it yes. that's exactly yeah. there isn't it encapsulating yeah. that sentence yeah yeah and, 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 pay so much. 
it's 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 a good it's a good comparison, you know, because it, it people see value in different things. Yeah, you know, I mean, the people who come onto Kickstarter or Zoop, as it was for Dracula, we went with Zoop. Oh, okay. Um, you know, they they are not the same customers that you're getting in a comic shop. No. Very rarely, there's very little crossover there. Um, right. People on Kickstarter, they want to support a project. They've usually got a little bit of money. You know, that they, they, they're willing to spend. Um, and they're looking for value in a different way. They're not looking for the cheapest comic. No. They're looking for a nice item. They're looking for something they can treasure, something that's had a little bit of effort put in it by an independent creator or independent yeah. publisher. So it's a totally different market for someone who's going into a comic shop with, you know, a tenner and going, what can I get for a tenner? You know? Yeah, and it's also, I'm, I'm, I would look to support someone like us more than I would look to support someone like Keanu Reeves or, you know, someone like totally. that either. Yeah, you know? totally. yeah. You're, yeah you're he's doing all right, out. isn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. doing all right, Keanu. Yeah, he doesn't he's got, I've got an it. idea for a comic. Okay, good. Here we yeah. go. It's a bit galling when you kind of like the the yeah the the money starts getting involved and you think, well, what's this being done for? Is it because they just said, oh, Keanu, you got an idea for a comic? And they're like, yeah, mm. I guess so. Yeah. He but, texts uh, he texts them with an idea yeah. and they run with it. You know, this do is you... the thing you don't know, do you? You don't know. I mean, I, I mean, people could say the same thing about what we're doing with Claudia, I suppose, on a on a on a lower mm. level, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, but Claudia is isn't you yeah know, sort of yeah. Claudia's yeah, a, yeah. You said she's a creator and kind of does this That's thing it. that she wanted to she's get into passionate. it. She reached she's out. Passionate. Yeah, yeah. She, oh. she's so genuine. You know, it's um, and and yeah, and I wouldn't have been involved if it was just. A Keanu, you know, that's going to become part of the cultural terms now, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Keanu, there, mate. That... <laughs> yeah, I think there's there was a couple of other people, kind of creators who uh, like film, at Hollywood actors who kind of made the jump over, and I can't mm. tell you whether they were, it was genuine or disingenuous. Who's the lady who's like yeah. the mother of dragons in Game of Thrones? She did one, didn't she? Amelia Clark. And that was mm. awful. She got Probably asked. Really I think she got asked to though. And right, was, okay. I think she kind yeah. of painted comic readers as kind of like basement dwelling knobs, yeah. which. Oh right. Can well, that not? can be true. Mind you, the attic, but otherwise yeah. it's true. You know? you, you, people yeah. don't want to like a cold hard look at themselves in the mirror, do they? When they <laughs> when they're buying comics. Yeah. yeah, you got. We're sitting there with a map of Africa on the couch next to you. You know, you don't need to, do you? Yeah. Who the fuck she's talking to? You're just reading this comic. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Also, I knew it was going to go like this. <laughs> yeah, that kind of that, that, that whole price in the comics, you kind of you just have yeah. to find your way. But like, yeah. if, if it's costing you five grand per page, and you think, well, I, I, to pay for this, I've got to charge extra on my comics. So, well, there's a fucking upper ceiling for that. And as you mentioned, Tony, yeah, there is. These yeah. market forces are going to decide ultimately. And Definitely. yeah, you can't yeah. go too far in either direction. I don't think. Yeah. Um, and and I mean that you know you can't go too cheap either. I yeah. think if you go. If if something's free yeah. or really cheap, it gets assigned a low value to the reader. Then and I, I don't totally, feel, you know, yeah, I've come to that way of thinking the last couple of years of like stuff that's free is viewed as worthless. Yeah. They don't, yeah. they don't, don't. And I think conversely, we're also not fine wine, are we? You know, we are mm. comic books, which people roll yeah. should be rolling up and putting in their back comic and back pocket and reading on the bus. You know, it's not. You know, I think yeah, we do. There is that yeah. upper upper limit. I think you're right, Shane. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of digital. You know, it's sort of replaced the roll-up comic in the back pocket, hasn't it? It's yeah. and that's why it should be cheaper because yeah. it is the disposable side of comics. And I think there should always be an element of being able to pick up a comic for very little, read it, enjoy it, throw it away. I think that should always be there. The element for, to it, yeah, yeah. Know? And I think I mean, I'm a big. I'm a big convert to digital, you know, over over the life of this podcast, really, because it's kind of we've had to. And uh, mm. I went to buy a um, a Grendel Shadow hardback because I had the issues. I really like the hardback. That 
Mm. I might buy it in digital so I can read it, you know, as I'm, as I'm traveling about the country. And it was uh, it was like £15 physical and it was for £14.93 right. or something <laughs> as a digital copy. I'm like, what's the fucking point? So I just bought the hard copy. I bought a hardback yeah. of it. It looks nice. You know? Yeah. That's Maybe insane. that's their intention. Maybe that's the, you know, we yeah. don't want to buy the digital, you know. But the thing is, they make, they can, you know, if you, I think if you do the digital for, say, I don't know, we do it more or less half price, I think. Yeah. Um, then it gives people more options. It, yeah. it might be someone who's not read anything you've done before and it just gives them the option in. And it's not really costing you anything because you, you should, if you've done it right, have covered your creative costs with your campaign yeah. without the digital having to be expensive i think i feel but, that way I mean, also, it's pushing, opinion, also, also it's pushing piracy if you charge yeah. too much people are going to go how much oh, i'll find that on the, the seven yeah. seas or, I, I had a bit of good news tonight it, yeah uh, oh did you all good vanguard issue one to five is now on a pirate site so hey take that mm. fucking box <laughs> made it <laughs> 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 it's always something to me. Oh, yeah. I've done it. The pirates take me <laughs> seriously. Yeah. It's worth stealing. Worth of consideration. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You'd be really gutted, wouldn't you, if you found out no one downloaded it, even yeah. though it was free. <laughs> that would be a real blow, wouldn't it? Nobody wants my free comic, you bastard. I got, I got all excited. <laughs> I got excited because I saw a comic I did years ago for twenty nine ninety five on eBay. And I thought, oh, fucking hell, that's quite good. So I sent it to the eyes. Look at us. Hey, look, collector's edition. Still there. Still <laughs> <laughs> one thing about the digital that gets me is like I, I know there's there's not the print cost involved in that so if mm. i'm paying exactly like one pound less than the, the physical copy it's like well, what the fuck's going on here i mean this mm. this ain't right this this yeah it, it yeah and that, that, that's what readers think as well yeah that's you, what the, you've got to take yeah. that into account haven't you and i mean there is it's, it's not it's not an invalid argument to say that there's the creative costs you know oh, without no yeah totally you know, that's yeah. fair enough but i think there's a way yeah, of it's a balance, isn't it? As a consumer, yeah. I mean, it riles me with video that. games. Like you buy the, mm. the the physical copy of a disc, that's sixty mm. quid, or the digital download, and that's sixty quid. And it's like, mm. how does this work? Because yeah. the digital thing's locked to me. I can't give that to anyone else with a disc. I could give it to mm. someone. Set up. Is this for thirty quid? Or do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're paying the um, the development costs basically, aren't you, for yeah. a game? That's... This is an argument that I often, I really hate. Is when you, an artist, it seems to be comic artists more than anyone. They go, "Oh, you're not paying for the comic; you're paying for the ten years in training it took me <laughs> to get this good at art." And I said, I, I, "I'm glad that fucking plumbers don't say that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I think there's. I don't think that that's a completely wrong thing to say. I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, you know, I'm talking as an artist, obviously there, but yeah. you know, you do spend your whole life learning to do something. So when you, when you produce a piece of work, you are dipping into that investment. Yeah. There is an element of that. Definitely. But you're also think... getting hired because you've got those skills built up over that. Yeah. Really? But John, John Byrne can charge a lot of money, can't he? Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. But uh, that's the way that works. You know, again, it's market forces. But if you're just yeah. some bellend who's come to me and, you know, first comic ever and is trying to charge me £185 yeah. a page and I'm going, come on, mate. Oh, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep, it's all about balance. You know, yeah. You, you can, across the board, you know, it's all about balance between, you know, giving value and what you need to get out of it. Mm. Value is just really important, I think. I think yeah. a lot of comics readers feel that they're not getting value for, yeah. for what they're but we, we moan on about it every week, man, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a reality, you know, and it's, comics have become really expensive. And, and I think 
we can't get out of that. We can't make comics cheap because they're expensive to make. So yeah. all you can do is give value, you know, make yeah. it the best it can possibly be. And that's basically, you know, where, you know, my mantra, if you like, um, you know, when I, st I talk to anyone I work with, it's like, I always want this to be the best it can be. We, we, there's no yeah, sort yeah. of half-hearted efforts. You know, we really want the best work out of everyone. You know? Do you go full gym shooter and just throw pages of art back at people? Like <laughs> no, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. <laughs> I try, you know, it's actually quite a, a difficult uh, thing to manage because, you know, you do get artists who don't... Um, a lot of them are your mates as well, from the Yeah, you know, people yeah. you respect, and you, 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 and sometimes when you're trying to get work out of people, if they're a bit behind, you know, it's like how do you crack the whip? And it's like, yeah. you know, you, you you can't really, to a certain extent, because you you know, I mean, I do pay everybody, but you know, it's not big money, and it's yeah. um, and there's a mutual thing going on. Mm. So you, you sort of appeal to their better nature. Let's put it that way. It's almost <laughs> better if you kind of they're just someone you don't really know and it's they're doing it for money and it's purely transactional yeah. just be horrible then, to them can't you then you can say well hold yeah. on mate like fucking where's these effing pages yeah. <laughs> you can do a gym shooter then yeah. <laughs> the thing then is though you haven't got yeah. the you haven't got the belief and the passion if you do that yeah. you know i feel True. i, I yeah. could be wrong yeah good chance um, yeah yeah but i think that you know you want people on board you want them to love what they're True. doing then they're going to do the yeah. best work for you sometimes you have to put the production hat on though do you know what i mean yeah it's a, it's a balanced it's yeah. another balancing act you know yeah you gotta be nice. You gotta be honest, but you gotta do it in a nice way. Shit sandwich. Yeah. You know, say yeah. something nice. Say something shit. Say something nice. You know, is that, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You treat people just with respect. You know, that's that's. I don't way. agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's well out of order. That is. <laughs> so you don't want to make yourself into like an unsympathetic character, and that leads us on no. to our next subject. Doesn't <laughs> well, that's good. I tried. I tried to do a Dan, good you're, there. you're on Dan, point today. Vince, what's happening? Then what's yeah. happening? Yeah. Uh, he's um he's had his ready break today. That's what <laughs> yeah. We were want... chatting. We were chatting in the week about this question. Um, and is so the question I posed to you all is: Does a character have to be likable or have redeeming features for you to enjoy, one enjoy reading about them, and or enjoy writing them? So, bear in mind the writing kind of comes first for the mm. art. So I thought the writing thing. So that's where. Yeah. You first the, the idea first comes out well, even if you're a writer artist as well but so and i was trying to think of any characters out there who i enjoy reading about um who have no redeeming features and well, there are some yeah you know i th i think dracula is a good one to start with yeah. i yeah. think um because that is a character that has been written uh you know infinitum mm. um so there has to be something that that keeps people coming back for this character, I mean, like like we said earlier, the, the one who directly returned is not a nice person. No. Now, do do you think when it comes to let, let, let's deal with like the characters that are just not nice people that are villainous? Squirrel girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you think with those kind of sociopaths? No, um, it, people want to explore. I don't know. I sometimes I think there's a danger of trying to humanise it or yes, see, see the other mm. side of a, of a of an evil character. But people seem to really want to do that, don't they? Mm. More and yeah. more. Have you I noticed think... that? Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Think... Go on, Dan. Sorry. Well, my my whole thing about this is like it's the the choice that someone makes, and they do this in the comics like a lot, where some tragedy happened, the hero and the good person return that to the benefit where the, the the villain would see like have the weaker moment of it and 
and use it for villainy and to pass that harm on to others. But uh, swinging a bit around to kind of like making him sympathetic, like there's been tons of literature I've read where like the, the character's fucking horrible, but you can kind of, you're on board to see like the the, the monstrosity and shit they get up to. Yeah, I mean, I mean so the Silence of the Lambs, I yeah. don't watch it for Jodie Foster. No, no, no. You know, I don't care really. I watch way, it for Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. But uh, they, I can kind of be on board with anyone, but like, if they're obnoxious, I just, I can't, I can't be with you. I just, you know, you know if I find them genuinely irritating. It's, 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 if they're annoying, you won't read it, but you don't yeah. want them being downright evil. I kind of agree yeah. with that, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I think that there's <laughs> yeah. lots of different levels. I mean, we deal with villainous characters. There's, there's lots of different levels to the things that they do as well. You can, like, an example of a very... Um, like a, a brilliant villainous character could be someone that you just you don't like at all. You just want to see them get the justice that that needs to be, which I think mm. is a problem with a lot of uh, there's a lot of media uh, like across the world mm. like, at the moment where there seems to be a lot of glorifying in these evil people, and then when they do get their just desserts, it's not really satisfying. They, they don't no. considering the amount of the scales of how much misery and pain has been dished out are very uneven. This is classic fucking Harley Quinn and Joker. This is right. what's happened to those characters, isn't it? Like, oh, Harley yeah. Quinn, but she's yeah, but she's killed loads of people. So that's fucking poison ivy. They're like, I know they're kind yeah. of been romanticized now. But, like, but heroes kill loads of people now as well. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is the thing. Like killing people seems to be all right at the moment in Hollywood. It's, it's like, <laughs> I, I recently watched um, Black Panther, and I don't want to give it away. So, but there's a scene where um, one of the young female characters who you think, oh, she's a nice girl, you know, she's 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 really interesting, um, massacres a loads of cops in fire, and then they just carry on like nothing's happened. And I was like, that's, that's pretty. What? That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, right. that's, me, that's, yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty nasty. That there's, 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 they don't pause to sort of acknowledge the fact that she's just burned a load of people who were just doing their jobs. Because right. that seems like a, quite a failing to me. Like this, it's not very if, heroic. If, no, if you've got a character doing yeah. that, it's like, man, that's like super villainy right there. Yeah, that's just like I, and I instantly like lost any sympathy for that character because you, you, they think that it's okay to just burn cops. Well, I'm, I, I what is, I don't what know is it saying? Is, what is it yeah, trying to say by method? doing that? Yeah, yeah. Is, is it that all cops are bad? Are they trying to say turn cops into villains? You know, I don't really yeah. like that. You no, know, and I know there's, this, there's this undercurrent, isn't there? You know, and yeah, so, sure, there are bad cops out there, but you know, this undercurrent in Hollywood that you know it's okay to you know do terrible things to cops, and yeah, you see no, it all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, we're being chased by cops. Oh, we'll just kill them all. Yeah, so they're cops, man. They're, they're the good guys. Yeah, you know, they're just doing their job. They might be wrong. They might have made a mistake because they've been sent by some supervillain who's controlling the cops or whatever, you know. But is killing them the way to go? That surely that's in the. You, you, at best, you're an anti-hero if you're doing that. That's actually put me put me off seeing it. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. That's the Punisher used to fucking yeah. burn himself up if he got fucking. He accidentally killed a, a copper. Yeah. And he done that. Yeah, that's what that we talked about that last yeah. week. That's what happened to Vigilante. That's why he kills himself at the end of that yeah. series. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, this is not what I'm about. Yeah, I think when writing a lot of characters, there there is that real, um, you know, the the actions that they take, and this is heroes, villains across the board. I I, <laughs> I think sometimes people don't think about the weight of the the actions yeah. that people take. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, good, bad, whatever. 
Um, sometimes, if, if we could take the flip of the coin, you know, sometimes someone will do something really good and you don't really acknowledge it because you're too busy talking mm-hmm. about the bad. Why can't we speak about the positive? Why can't we shine a light on some nice things that are happening? Because, mm. I mean, the yeah. preacher line is you've got to be one of the good guys because there's far too many of the bad. Mm. Why can't we see some nice things happening instead of everyone being traumatized all the time? You know? Yeah, I mean, that, um, that's why I love this. That's why I love the original Superman movie. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, Christopher Reeve Superman, he's a good guy it's not just because he's super powerful you know he doesn't he doesn't it's not right you know might right by might right yeah yeah obviously he's very powerful but what makes him interesting is his goodness yes the moral core yeah all the all the attempts to replicate that have never done it no no one's ever made a good it's also interesting that fact that like because of that everyone sees superman as like a boring character it's as yeah. as that sort of like and like, Captain America got the same thing as well. It's sort of like you know he, he believes the boy in scout thing. thing. The boy scout. Yeah. It's like oh well, that's it takes boring. a lot of courage though, doesn't it? Yeah. It takes yeah. a lot of courage to be the good guy when everyone else is being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, think that kind of narrative is pushed of like oh people don't want these heroes. They want kind of like dark brooding. Mm. It's like man, people do want heroes. Yeah, like they do, they do yeah. want the good guys and yeah. people that stand up yeah. for the right thing. I mean, we, we also want we also want the Red Skull. You know, yeah. we also want course, yeah. Yeah. we also want the Green Goblin. We want these fucking people. We we want them to beat. You know, yeah. but even even they even they made Thanos sort of partially fucking understandable, didn't they? You know, it's yeah. like yeah. yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, I thought it was quite a good move actually with Thanos because he you know he became rubbish as soon as they made him just a cookie cutter bad guy. I, yeah, yeah. Well, that goes back to the thing, isn't it? Like he sees a problem, but he's going about it the wrong, the wrong way That's of fixing it. that problem. And most villains are that, you know. No, you know, all the villains in the world, the real villains in the world, most of them don't think they're the bad guy. No, oh, look, there's no, yeah. there's no people out there who are actually evil. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not. That's it's the real world. Line. You know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, even Hitler, you know, he made the trains run on time. I know, you know, but the but we do need Hitlers in our comics. I think sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You just got to be careful that fucking rope you're walking, Tanny. <laughs> Take that out of context. We do need Hitlers. Yeah, yeah. I want to root for the good guys beating up the bad guys like Hitler. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's what I want to root for. But see, we had that stuff like, oh, the real bad guys were the people on social media, whatever. It's like. That's your fucking bad guys. That's the person you're putting your <laughs> up against. People on social media. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. Yes. No, Whoever they're attacking this week and there's the, the, the terrible things that are going on around the world. And yeah. people are saying, oh, they didn't fulfill his Kickstarter, did he? And everyone attacks them. You know, it's like yeah. fucking people are dying by the thousand in Ukraine. But, you know, yeah. let's, think, let's talk about comics Twitter. Yeah. I think that's something I occasionally find myself saying is, you know, you know, at the end of the day, it is just a movie or it is just a comic, and yeah, you know, yeah. we're very lucky that we're in a position to just, you know, oh mate, so lucky, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're so I lucky think... we can have comics, you know, yeah. It sometimes yeah. has that fucking saying about go outside and touch grass, but I don't really yeah. like that phrase. But it is the mm. fact that like you got to take this like frame the, the, frame it like against your life and against other people. Sometimes you just need to take a step back and kind of fuck me. Look, I've got loads of stuff. I'm doing all right here, but yeah, other people don't. That's I mean, it. talk. I don't know if it's worth just switching this. And I V, you talked about it a bit before we started, but mm. talking of people who are purely evil, um, did you want to talk about PR and marketing at all? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> what, me? Do you want me to talk about Yeah, PR well, I was thinking about, you know, obviously you've started a new venture. 
what do you think yeah. about you know how are you going about that man because that's you know you do have to go on these places like twitter don't you? oh yeah you i mean to... i was talking to yeah. someone today actually at mcm because like he was saying it was a publisher another publisher and i said to him you know and he says oh i see you occasionally on facebook i don't know how you go on there it's horrible blah 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 right and um and i said well it's a necessary evil um, yeah sort of have to do it if i want to get you know it's not as effective as it used to be obviously yeah. um yeah. but in whether you or not you choose to spend money on it is another matter but it, it it is a necessary evil um and you if you're not on facebook then you are basically cutting out a big chunk of your possible customer base yeah right so, okay um that's the way i look at it um and i try and take some pleasure in going on there you know uh, you can control it you can control it you know you don't have to uh, open up yourself to everybody uh, you know you can and you can just talk to the people you want to talk to. you can live in a bubble if you want you know i i choose not to and yeah i've been bitten for that because i choose not to because you're going to come up against people who disagree with you and you're going yeah. to come up against people who can't deal with the fact that they disagree with you you know they, they, get, they get upset about it um and that's going to happen and so you sort of have to be prepared for that and this guy was like yeah, you know, i don't want to be prepared for that and you know what fair enough i i totally get that why subject yourself to all that you know so if but i i do believe that marketing pr um is maybe 70 percent of the job of making comics unfortunately okay i suppose it depends what your model is but I, i'm guessing yeah. that for you it is definitely isn't it you know yeah um, if you want to get them out there if you're working you got to pay people, people as well you know mm. yeah you got to pay yeah. people and you want to, and you want to get their work out there that's why i do it is to push people's work Mm. So if you, if you want to get their work out there to as many people as possible, you've got to do the work to do that. Baking the comic itself is the fun part, and it's the, it, it is hard work. Don't get me wrong; there's, there's work involved there. Mm. Um, but it is only I see it when I look at the whole task of between an idea and a comic in somebody's hand and having an impact on them through reading that comic. I see the creation of the comic as about thirty percent of that. Job. Oh, yeah, yeah, the road travelled. Yeah. yeah. So the, I mean, you've you've got a sort of crowdfunding model around each issue. I'm guessing of you, or yeah, yeah. So we do some sort of crowdfund to fund creative costs and most of the printing costs, and hmm. then we, you know, we 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 do it different. Then we go on to Diamond or or whatever. You know, we sell oh, cool. through, through um, uh, the guys at Shift as well. We work with them really closely. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots of, and I'm looking at other distributors as well, um, and obviously doing shows and all the usual channels. Um, but yeah. So how is, do you find how do you find the um, work you're doing on social media translating into pledges? I mean, because you can track it, can't you? Is that something you keep an eye on? Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do. You sort of have to really, because if you don't, yeah. you end up wasting yeah. a load of time. You know. Yeah. Um, but the way I do it is that you know I, I try and build an audience. And then I try and look after that audience. Yeah, and, that's definitely, you've got to do that, man. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I do that for each book, you know. So, and we do it across various social media platforms. And I do do a little bit of advertising as well. And I, and some traditional media, even. We've had articles in SFX magazine, things like that. Cool. Um, but a lot of stuff is face-to-face, -face, direct as well. Um, with groups and with, and I do a lot of stuff in schools which right. I find really valuable, um, mm. schools and libraries. I do a lot of talks and workshops. Um, and, you know, I do I do get paid for that. So it's not yeah. 
you know, it's, it, I'm not just doing it as a PR exercise, but it also is. Uh, yeah. It's the next generation, you know. You go into yeah, a library. School. Librarians are powerful people these days in comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 I do some local schools, and they, you know, it's great to talk to kids. I say kids, you know, they are. Some of them are, you know, nearly adults, um, but to see them producing work and to see their enthusiasm about comics, that helps me as well. That gives me enthusiasm because it makes me feel that there's a future for the medium, you know, and for the, for the art yeah. form because there's youngsters who are 12, 13, 14 who love it. And it's really important that we nurture that love. Uh, it's so easy for them to be pulled away into, you know, games, movies, girls, whatever, you know, comes next uh, or boys, you know, and you know, there's lots of lots of distractions as they grow up and it's, you want to nurture that. So and, and to do that, you've got to give them some mentorship and some encouragement yeah. and let them know that there's more out there than what maybe they've already encountered, you know? So that's a big part of what I try and do. Obviously I'm only one person. So but there's other people doing that. There's other people out there doing that job as well. Yeah, and, uh, I, I think it. it's quite an important job. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you found anywhere new that's been useful? I mean, we <clears throat> we obviously mentioned Substack and things like that. Have you, you know, mm. have you adopted that model yet? Or I joined it and then I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I yeah, like every other social media out. platform, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't figured it out yet. I, at some point, I probably will, and by then it'll be for old people. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. like that's what happens. With Facebook, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this newfangled Facebook. Ah, it's never going to catch on. That's a load of rubbish. Oh, yeah, actually, it's quite useful. Facebook's for old people. <laughs> yeah, by the time I get on TikTok, man. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. old people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fucking old people. They're everywhere, aren't they? <laughs> oh, it's me. I'm an old. What about? What about Master? What's it called? Master Mastodon. Mas Mastodon. Mastodon. I was thinking yeah. of something else. But what about my that? Only, my only concern about that is the lack. There is a lack of security there. I think. Right. And okay. I'm, I'm no tech whiz. You know what I mean. But yeah. from what I can tell, it's it's open source and it's run by volunteers. So I oh, don't. Okay. I don't imagine that it's that secure. Right, okay. So I, I avoided that one. I know they sort of <laughs> underestimated how much traffic they're going to get, didn't they? I think so that's, that's what's happened. Yeah. One of the things yeah, I was well, reading about the fact that there's very little to no moderation whatsoever. So yeah. if someone's posting up some stuff, say, well, I don't like this. Is that, well, tough. This, yeah. this is what All it right. is. So and there's good can't. and bad about that. You know, yeah. there's good, you know yeah. freedom of speech, great. You know, Free porn, um, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <But then laughs> also, me. You know, are there kids on there? You know, yeah, exactly. Imagine yeah. the shit you'd come across. Yeah, I just come. Yeah. I get it on Twitter. I don't know what you guys like. I click on you get see a trending thing, and you click on. It, so I wonder what this is, and then you see some of the most fucking hardcore pornography. It's like, oh, it's oh, horrendous. Great. Well, you're not, yeah, you're not expecting it. You haven't no. warmed up, have you? Hollywood, Hollywood robbery. What's this going to be? And it's like, right, okay. Well, you, you put why, the you, why are you just what clicking? What's he doing? Why are you clicking on everything, Dan? No, I, I tell you what, it totally, it totally explains all of the absolute grot we get sent from you on yeah. the WhatsApps. <laughs> You know, Shane, you've always got that mate, and you know when he sends you a video, you know, here we go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's Dan for me and Vince. Yeah. Right, if if there's a message afterwards, if there's a link, and then Dan's message is, check this out, it's grim. I just delete it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch it. <laughs> well, I come across like that. that. The joke that was just so bad that I can't even fucking say it on this. It's just the, <laughs> the the worst joke I've ever heard in my life. But the best like, thing you said, he said, do you think we should say this on the pod? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like, we shouldn't say this on the pod. That's right. You are right. Yeah. yeah I was right. like, this, my is, bad. this is a bit too much even for our listeners. And I know how degenerates <laughs> they are. 
uh, mate like that is called Rob, and uh, occasionally he'll send me one. He says, "Even I'm not sure about this one, mate." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. when you get some proper fucking. So you go and buy a new phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be associated with this. Throw my phone in the river. Buy a new one. Yeah. <laughs> my God. Although, um, despite what Dan says, uh, we, we know you're lovely people. We, you're not de- degenerates. If you're listening, well, there's a slight amount of degeneracy because one of them's a murderer. <laughs> there's a good Leap. chance that <laughs> no, no, we're not going down that road. No. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you're lovely people, and you want to like just get hold of good comics, which is why we speak to people like Shane. So if, yeah. if people want to get these comics that we've been talking about. Um, not the grot. We're on to your fine uh, comics now. Like, where can yeah, man, people crackers. go? Dracula is a cracker. Yeah, I'd say yeah. now, man. One where can people go to find out more and like pick up copies, etc.? Okay, uh, I'm still in the process of sorting out a website, unfortunately. Um, but uh, they can get all of our stuff from the Get My Comics site. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, nice. And the Shift site as well. That they are available on there. As um, Dark Legacies is available as a pre-order now. Dracula is available current and uh, Hedrick is also on there as well so there, there will be a, a website and I mean you can there's there's groups for each comic on Facebook as well oh um, nice oh good work yeah. so you know if, if you want and, um, to we can, they can follow you on can they follow you on Kickstarter and Zoop as well so you can do that yeah we're on Kickstarter we're on Zoop um, so it's it's the Kickstarter um, it's just me Shane Chebsey um, right uh, on Zoop, and you know, I don't know how Zoop works. To be honest, I've, I've, no, I don't know. I, I joined, I, I did Zoop with for Dracula, and it was brilliant, and it, and it worked. And the guys at Zoop are, are fantastic, I have to say. Yeah, I've heard nothing, you say that before, man. Yeah, yes. they're really interactive, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, nothing but good to say about those guys. Um, but I, as far as I know, I haven't even like signed onto the website or anything. They, it all sort of just happened. Like, I said, oh, can we do Dracula <laughs> with you guys? Yeah, man. And we did it all. We set it all up. But as far as I know, I haven't actually got a Zoop account. <laughs> 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 I need to sort that out, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Dracula's on there, but there's no sort of like shop facility on there at the moment. But right. I was talking to um, Jordan at Zoop. Uh, I think I can talk about this. Yeah, I was talking to Jordan uh, at Zoop, and he said that they are looking at the possibility of adding a shop facility. Well, I think um, Indiegogo, you can do that for a yeah. period of time, can't you? Am I right in yeah. saying that? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they, they, there's like Indiegogo something like Plus or whatever, and because yeah. they approached me after Dead by Dawn actually, and said, "Oh, do you want to? You, you've seen you've had a successful Kickstarter. Do you want to do a, you know, an Indiegogo thing?" And I looked at it and I, was, I don't know. I don't know. What, I can't honestly say what put me off, but something. I think it's the off. lack of app is put puts me off it. Yeah. Um. Everyone well, says it's a CG playground. And to be fair, I backed a couple of things on there. It's got nothing to do with them, so it's like yeah. it's not exactly that. I think it's some uh, people same. like to yeah, paint yeah. it that way. But the um, I think it's that having that lack of an app because I love the Kickstarter app because mm. I was just looking at it just now to see how books were doing, you yeah. know, that I backed sort of thing. And I think that's the advantage of it. It's yeah. so accessible. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mm. do everything you can do on the, the the website, you know, but it does most of it. It does all the. If you're a backer, it does everything pretty much. If you if you're a publisher, there's some certain things on the app that it doesn't do. But yeah, that's right. On, you can soon go onto the website on your phone if you want to. Yeah, to yeah, that's what I've done before. Yeah, yeah. you can tell but, when things are coming and going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, the app is a big thing, and you know, as Zoop develops, I think that they will really work really well because they're listening to what people want, and they don't have all the features yet that 
Kickstarter has, but they do have some things that Kickstarter doesn't. You right. know, um, so I think that eventually, you know, they'll work it all out. And I think if you're a comic creator, it's a good place to try. Okay. You know, I spoke to a few people about it, and uh, I think they're worth a punt. You know, because they're yeah, good yeah. guys. And they'll, they do. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting paid to say this. I should hasten to add. Yeah, no, agreement. No, it's good. If you've had a good a experience and pass it on to our experience. listeners. I think it's important. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So, and and one other thing that we know is worth a punt is your comics because we've read them and they're awesome. Thank yeah. you. So <laughs> I appreciate we, that. We totally, h- yeah. highly recommend you, lovely listeners, go forth and check out Scratch Comics because it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning, and we'll talk to yeah. Shane in a couple of years about how. Um, See if he's coping. <laughs> and him, him and Todd are dining together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he re- refuses to recognise he knows us as we walk past the yeah. window. Yeah. Oh, that'll yeah. never happen, guys. Never happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that now. Well, we've got it on audio, so we'll, we'll yeah, play, we'll play that back you, to you. You can hold me to it. It's yeah. on audio. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the ice cast as well? Where, where can people find that, man? So Icecast Live, so we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I think. Um, we broadcast every Thursday, pretty much every Thursday. Um, it's myself, Ollie McManee, and Sam. Uh, we do that. Sam, uh, Sam is your slave, is that right? That's it, Sam is yeah. the slave, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the cupboard. Yeah. He, hasn't <laughs> yeah. he hasn't got a gimp mask yet, but we're working. Yeah, one day he hopes he get one, yeah. 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 Um, Reminds me of that, sorry, that relationship in Nathan Barley. You know, he's got Nathan Barley for that. <laughs> yeah. tech geezer. Yeah. He keeps that. torturing yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Penguin. <clears throat> Penguin. That's oh, it. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> electrocuting his nuts and things yeah. like that, don't they? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we broadcast um, across YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Cool. Um, so, you know, people have their preferences. You've had some pretty cool guests recently, haven't you? Yeah, we've done. We've had and some guys called Dan. And but, yeah. <laughs> He was all right. Although that episode has been completely demonetized now. <laughs> we we can never do that again. I mean, actually, YouTube didn't care much, but um, Facebook sent me an email saying that episode, you know, if you do that again with all those production signs and clips of TV shows, you'll be banned from Facebook. Oh, wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hell. Yeah, pretty much. Um, because apparently CBS put in a claim. So... Um, yeah, what have you done, Dan? Again. What have you Dan, done? You're a bad <laughs> yeah. Man, I didn't source any of those pictures. Uh, no, well, it, was well. well, it wasn't me, actually. It was, it was, I see, I have to take some of the blame because I did direct uh, Sam yeah, to play the uh, Stephen J. Cannell production. Uh, oh, Sam, you know, but 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 it was, yeah, it was, it was, we shouldn't have done it in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it now. We've used up all of our, you know, demonetization. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. yeah. So you're just going to have good quality careful. chat to look forward to watching people. Chat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we measure it out. We measure it out with lots of indie guys and the odd legend, you know? So yeah. Yeah. We, we've had like Jim Shooter on there um, and people like that. So we, we like to get people like that yeah. so that, Obviously, it expands our listenership or our viewership or whatever, but it also mixes it up a bit. Yeah, you know, but mostly it is indie guys, to be honest, yeah. because we want to promote new indie books and new indie creators and new voices, and so we're trying to invite people that nobody's ever heard of, as well as people that everybody has heard of. You know, yeah, a man after our own hearts and yours, <laughs> people. So go forth and check Shane's out. And Shane, as always, thank you for joining us on this. Thanks, show. man. It's always good fun, stuff. Man. Absolutely welcome, mate. 
Thank you. There you go, and the show keeps rolling on. He's a good lad, isn't he? Yeah, good to have catch up. Yeah, and uh, so he was like I said, was a guest on this show. That was fantastic. Go check that out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice cast. Even if you just want to see Dan's fabulous moustache. Yes. Oh, it's coming on a pace. It's coming it's on. Yeah. Uh, someone said it, like Tom Selleck. I was like, well, no, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I can't even take that and just like run with it. It's just, you look just a little bit like uh, Chris Evans from the um, the film The Grey Man. Um, okay. As we know, uh, Chris Evans, who came second to Dan in the world's sexiest man. So, someone, what, the radio so, DJ? Yeah. <laughs> someone did come over and said, Danny, watching that RAF thing. And I said, actually, I read the comic that it was based on. No, he said, only said that because you look like one of the extras out of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Vince, I used to see Bob. <laughs> We haven't used that for a while. So effortlessly as well. I've just had to yeah. make a note of that. Such um, a potty mouth. Yeah. I'll tell you what is effortless. Going shout uh, Shout-outs. So do we have any shout-outs this week, gents? Yeah, I've got a couple. So yes. um, we just had a chat about it. Episode 400 is coming up in February. How quick has that come up, guys? February's a long like... February's a long time ago. Time away, Tony. As we speak now, people are just you may be listening far in the future, so this is absolutely irrelevant. But right now, that anyone who says to me, Christmas is just around the corner, I punch them hard <laughs> in the face. But it um, only seems like it was June five minutes ago to me. I don't know what's happening yeah, with yeah. my life for the I moment. Know. I'm just getting old. But yeah, so look we're gonna we're gonna have a think about what we're gonna do for the four hundredth, because um the two hundredth was um a great great fun yeah. and it seems like an eternity away so we're going to talk about that um, well done to everyone involved and especially to Eamon um, drawn under the influence DUI2 just made over 1k so it's just yeah. made over a thousand pounds fantastic in profits yeah, yeah that go to Cancer Research UK so it's still available you can still go and buy it if you haven't bought it I'll know about it and I will hate you so if you go to duicomic.bigcartel.com um, if we oh no we've got a lot of people in the states and Australia and places like that who listen so you can buy a digital copy you can it doesn't have to be um, a UK based you know with silly postage you can go and buy the digital copy and that's just three pounds and if you just heard our discussion on that that's a good price that's a great price um, yeah. yeah so go to again it's duicomic.bigcartel.com um some terrible news, some very sad news this week. Um, a comic artist who we have discussed numerous times on this show and is and we are massive fans of. Um, the the world lost Kevin O'Neill this week. Um, oh, man. Yeah, it's a real uh, An absolute titan of UK comics and US yeah. comics. Um, yeah. And his work with Pat and Alan, um, especially, uh, is is so seminal. Um, I, I wouldn't be the comic reader I am today if it wasn't for Nemesis mm. Warlock. Um yeah. And I know we're the same with League and stuff like that as well. Um, but very sad. So our, our, our thoughts go to his friends and family um, who've lost a great career. Where, where, where did you guys come across him first? Can you remember? Well, I think it was Nemesis. Yeah. yeah. Nemesis. The, the thing is, uh, for me, it might have been a bit later. Or, or like that style, you know, when you recognise the style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe League or Green Lantern maybe. Because, you know, you know, famously, he's the yeah. one. Who got banned by DC? Not for anything in particular he did. It's just because they they didn't really think his style was right, you know. Um, which is scary as a kid. I remember re- yeah. watching it. Thinking, Bloody hell, this is really aggressive and creepy. Yeah, That's and also for his art. a big part of um, the UK catching up with the US in that he he sort of was was the big pusher behind um, artists and writers getting credits in comics. Ah, um, okay, there you go. Yeah. Got a lot, yeah. lot to thank the men for. I yeah. think I think martial law might be one of the big ones that that. Oh uh, yeah, that's yeah. another one, another great one. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I put that those two together when I first read martial law that it was the same guy that did nemesis. Nemesis. Mm. Yeah, I get yeah. It was only it was the, color, the color on it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. And we, we've met him a few times. We've met him at London Super Comic Con. I went to a signing. And um, I mean this, this with absolute much love. I, I love I love the fact he's a bit grumpy. <laughs> you know, I, I yeah. love that, that sort of irascible kind of thing he had. And, you know, just takes no shit off anyone. Um, an absolute idol for us, you know. Um, but, yeah, that was very sad. Hmm. Um, now my, I've got a, oh, thanks to Helena for sending me a brilliant um, Klaus Kinski. She was listening to the episode. Um, where I said that I really like Klaus Kinski as an actor, and Vince went, "What? He's crazy." Um, so <laughs> he sent me a, a lovely piece of art for that. Also, big shout out to um, the Cliff and Dave, who I, we had a sort of mini convention last night, which turned into about eight hours of just larking about in central London. So big shout out to those guys as well. There you go. Nice, and Dan. Bro, mine's uh, crowdfunding focused uh, call out here. <laughs> We've got Nord. Martin Simpson's epic Viking tale oh, yeah. of the Warrior yeah. King who battles death. And he's running that on crowdfunder.com. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, That's the one that, is it Thought Bubble a part of? They've, lots of people who are doing Thought Bubble, they've got like a partnership with Thought Bubble, didn't they, I think? I don't know. This is news to me, T. I think, think that's right. Oh, I forget I said it. I think Jordan Thank was saying voice. something about it. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Martin's works? Absolutely lovely stuff. He did the yeah. cover to Vanguard Book 4. Uh, in general, it's lovely. He's got a, an art book out. Simo, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, go yeah, check that. that one out. Uh, on Kickstar, uh, friends of the show, Avery Hill, publishing Spring oh, yeah, of course. 2023 yeah. line. Three exciting new books, Pet Peeves, Macbeth, and Big Ugly. I've uh, got five days to go, four days when you listen to this podcast on Monday, the 14th of November. Uh, so go check that out. We've got Amrakli's Shadows, which is counted down to the uh, last couple of hours, written with, drawn by Dan Harris. Uh, that could do a bit more love and attention. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, I'm back Kil- today. Kiltopia, issues one to five, the final chapter uh, by Dave Cook. Cyberpunk Tokyo becomes a high-tech battleground as Japan's deadliest bounty hunters fight to claim the world's first sentient mecha, smashed for its target. Uh, well worth a back. Check that one out. Are you yeah. burying the lead here? Yes. <laughs> you are uh, oh, yeah. Clark Bint on the art is just absolutely uh, great and a little bit of nepotism uh, Viper, Crimson, Viper Crimson Dawn uh, fucking storming it yeah. fucking doing, hell doing well on this one uh, that's smash for its target I think we're like 200 you've doubled your money in yeah. 24 hours and you well I kind of worked out how much the print cost was going to be and it's like if it gets that it's fine and yeah. it did so good man everyone will be getting that book I've just got to uh, polish the last bits and bobs off and it's ready to go i'm gonna to have to do it i think a print it ahead of time just so there's the turnaround time to get it done and yeah. out in time for christmas so better be fun it's all good i've got good a man. couple of good. commissions it worked all right so i know you were saying you were sort of fighting up against it a bit there weren't you but that's done all right now you got it out just just after we talked about it last week yeah i was kind of like yeah. i literally submitted it on the monday morning and by monday afternoon i'd heard back that it had been approved so i was like oh yeah. brilliant so yeah, I, I guess they were ready to go on uh, Kickstarter. Good stuff, uh, man. So I'll take back all the things I said about them. Oh, I <laughs> so, uh, Vince got it in audio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gigs worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but what we also have now is uh, some special recommendations although first we're going to start off with uh two from tony before and before we i, I think we'll do these these ones first tony and then we'll okay, get, man, in, yeah, I'll get re- into I'll the read through these and then we'll get into our other thing that was sort of our planned little thing that we did yeah. 
Um, so first one is Delphinium part one, um, $7 by Pat Olicio. Um, I managed to say that it's published by strangers. Um, I met up with Eddie and, um, Falpy and Jordan Barry Brown and, um, other guys on Thursday at the signing at Orbital, not Orbital, fucking hell, what I'm talking about, travel bank time, the signing at Gosh. And then we went to, we went for a beer afterwards. So uh, very kindly, um, Eddie gave me a copy of it there. It's, um, it's done in three colours, purple and black and white, and it's smaller than US size, but it's got some some nice sort of cardstock paper. Um, it's um, it's a really interesting prospect of a book. It's got a sort of scratchy underground style to it, but at the same, because when I say that, sometimes people think, oh, unreadable. You know, Tony's going on about the underground comics again, but no, this is, it's got that, that feel to it, but it is eminently readable as well. Um, what's the story? The story is about a guy called Briar Flox, who is an astronaut. And he's out doing a spacewalk, fixing the equipment above a newly discovered Earth-like planet. Um, he and four colleagues have been trying to study the planet through the sort of gaseous covering, the sort of misty gas covering of it. And he's caught in a space storm and he free falls down onto the planet's surface, um, just survives, lands on the surface. And he's kind of stranded there because he thinks his radio's out. And it then falls into that science fiction, I suppose, I suppose it's a trope in a way, isn't it? Um, of people surviving on other planets. Do you know what I mean? Um, we get this, you know, everything from Lost in Space to The Martian, we see it, don't we? You know, and I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, I like that as a trope. And it follows him and he's trying, you know, he's sort of wandering around trying to get food, trying to get water, eventually to try and make contact with his home, you know, or his home base. Um, and I won't spoil whether he does but um it's a really interesting book and it's done because it's done in that underground style you get there's almost that possibility of sort of i don't know i think the jeopardy that comes from an underground book is heavier than the jeopardy you get from a traditionally done you know big two you know including image book oh because yeah you don't know it's gonna fucking go yeah exactly you know you think well these it's got an underground sort of anarchic feel to it they might just fucking stab him through the face and kill him at any moment you know so there's sort of more of a sense of jeopardy on it which i enjoyed um he plays with the trope as well um uh this uh pat and what he does is for example there's just a very small example of it he says at one point oh the the company the planet's full of mushrooms for for want of a better word and he he says to himself it's all right i've got this special experimental plastic lining to my stomach which allows me to eat food that otherwise might be poisonous you know so he's, he, he starts eating these mushrooms to survive and then this the planet's full of these sort of odd shaped massive some of them are massive you know sort of mushroom type stuff and um and then but because he's clever with it because he plays with the form quite cleverly afterwards you've got the the space station saying to him oh no that's just experimental that stomach lining we weren't sure it's going to work anyway so it kind of plays a bit with these ideas which i kind of look i liked when to to, to watch happen um it's well worth a look um I, th- I think it's um it's just a part one but it's it's got a lovely feel to it um and it, it's quite expressive it's a strange one it's a strange one to read it's um a lot of the backgrounds are sort of dulled out when you've got the face of the astronaut and stuff it, you'd have you'd have to see it to understand but you can go to um strangerspublishing.com you can get a copy there if you're in the states um i think there's going to be some third bear I think it's probably going to be some at Gosh. Um, but if you want to look at Pat's work, you can go to Pat. Um, then it's, <coughs> so it's P-A-T-A-U-L-I-S-I-O, patolicio.com. And he's at Yeah Dude Comics on Instagram. There you go. You can email to Nick, Yeah Dude Comics. 
So that's the first one. <coughs> Pardon me, sorry. Do you want me to roll into the next one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah go. The second one is a comic called Comic Slop Number Two by Jordan Barry Brown, who I shared a beer with on Thursday. Um, I bought the first one of these from Strangers Distro. God, I suppose it's about a year ago, I'm going to guess now. And I'm sort of wrongly presumed that Jordan was from the US. Um, but have, having met him now, um, I can reveal that he is, in fact, from Dublin. Um, plus, he's also a listener. So hello, Jordan. Um, the <laughs> if you you may not know the title of this, but you might recognize the character. So what he's done is there's a character in it called Humpty. But the character looks like Orko from Masters of the Universe. <laughs> yeah. There's a weird floating sort of, is he a magician yeah. or something? I don't know. Yeah, he's a um, magician. Yeah. So, so imagine Orko, but if he, he was dressed by Public Enemy or Funkadelic or something like that. And that's so you may have seen that image on Instagram. It's quite a cool dude, and it's entirely more into a sort of move. It's not Master Universe sort of, our, you know, um, kids rated. This is definitely an X rated environment. There's some real in originality in the show, um, and some really interesting and lively flights of fancy. Um, really well drawn. I showed you guys some pages earlier, didn't I? From what it looks like, yeah. it's, it's like a really well drawn power comic. That's how I'm going to put it. Um, with a little bit of Steve Gerber thrown in for um, for a sort of interesting writing styles and just things that happen. It's it's an absolute mess. You can't, it's not a mess. It's actually a difficult one to um, sort of summarise. Um, but here's a couple of the things that happen. So Samo is, um, think of a sort of punk girl with a love for guns, um, and she's from a crew called the Boom Raiders. So a little bit tank girl, maybe, something like that. Sort okay. of shaved head with a mohawk. And she's swimming naked in this, in this lake, and there's this <clears throat> sort of aquatic lizard man. He's a he's sort of swimming up towards her naked breasts, you know, as he's underwater. And you get this sort of cut through picture. And then uh, just as he's about to reach her, this massive dinosaur-sized hippo jumps out of the water and eats her. And that's just one moment. Um, there's a there's a bit where Samo and Humpty um, wander through an alien city. Um, it looks like something crossed between downtown LA and the airtight garage, if you know what I mean by that, by something by Mebius. Um, and they're observed by all manner of creatures. So there's sort of aliens, um, prostitutes riding massive birds, giant lizards, that sort of thing. So it gives you a taste of the almost Tim Truman-esque um, kind of just weirdness about it, really, I suppose. Um, there's a villainess in it. There's a villainess in it called Rock Bitch, who looks like um, who looks like the thing, but with tits and dreadlocks. And there's a great sequence where they sort of fall off a tower block before they sort of go into a subway, like an underground train, and the underground train goes up into space. So it's really good. I really I really like it. It's something you won't see anywhere else, I'll be honest with you. I think it's uh, it's really good. And I always admire a comic where the last line is, bring it on, motherfucker, which is the last <laughs> line in this book. Um, Jordan gen genuinely is, is a very fresh voice, I think. Um, and there's a real energy to what he's doing and originality, like I say, and the colouring is absolutely spot on. I really like it. You can find him at illstrips, I-L-L-S-T-R-I-P-S, illstrips.com. And on Insta, he's at illstrips. Um, give it a go. Really good. Yeah, I'm really impressed with this. And, and and I enjoyed the first issue, and this is even better. So, and I know three is on its way at the moment as well. So, yeah, they're my first two. There you go, guys. Nice. Last one. And uh, so we're going to do something a little bit different for the next bunch of recommends. Yeah. Um, because... Um, we finally got round to reading the the books that we had never got. Reading challenge. All, all mm. that time. Do you remember the date when we set this challenge, Tony? It was three months ago to the day, I think. Three yeah. months ago. 
Where did yeah. the time go? Uh, <laughs> and certainly we set it set a little. Uh, we didn't go crazy. Well, Tony went a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> but you know, we decided to pick pick something that we hadn't read before or read much of, and try and fill that gap in our reading vocabulary. Uh, Dan, do you want to go first? Well, these were books we kind of picked out that we said mm. like we we want to read these, but we never have. But they were like big titles. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and my one was Saga. Obviously, everyone talks about Saga. Says effing great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I bought the trade while we were on the show. Uh, okay. And, uh, it turned yeah. up the following week, and then I put it somewhere, and then I couldn't fucking find it. <laughs> so I had to go and buy the digital versions. Oh, uh, uh, I wonder what you'd done there. Yeah, yeah it's okay. about a digital version. I still don't know where the fucking hell it is, so it'll turn up somewhere. Uh, and I read the, I think it's got the first four or five. Yeah, it's issues. not a thick trade, is it? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was all right. Uh, <laughs> after, all, after all the hype, yeah. what, what, is, a, what is your That's the problem, though, is the problem of expectations, isn't it? You know, I was mm. honestly going into it just thinking, I'd just take this for what it is. Like I'm not, I don't expect this to be amazing. I don't expect it to be crowd. Just I'll take it for what it is. And I read it. I was like, "This is okay. Yeah, it's fine." Yeah. I mean, no. I think I think it somewhat helps that the hype has died down a little bit over the past couple of years because they had such a break, didn't they, between yeah um, what they were doing and and now. So you know, the, the megaphones aren't shouting so loud at the moment. There's just the people that really loved it. Uh, Still here for it, aren't they? Really, I think. Is it still going? Is it, st- yeah. is it it's still going now? Yeah, it's still going. It's still yeah, going. so they had that big break and then it came back. But I think it's still selling quite well. Yeah, you know, it's still doing all right. Yeah, yeah. I think who was it said on Slack? Was it Simon said like his mate said, "Mate, how long is this fucking comic going to go on for?" And the comic show owner's <laughs> like, "It's called Saga." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't really need to explain the story of kind of uh, what it's all about. But I was kind of reading away and I was like, "Yeah, I'm enjoying this enough." Do you know what I mean? It's not like. I've not got a massive desire to carry on reading it, and yeah, interesting. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I read it. I read it in issues. So I got. I think got the first eleven issues or something like that. Yeah. Mm. And I stopped reading it when they go. I'm going. I'm going to say why because I don't want to spoil for people when they go to the brothel. Something happens. Okay. Have you Have you got to that one? No, no, no. What well, this right, is okay. only the first four or five issues. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think. I, well, I've still got a number of issues unread, but I, I couldn't remember what point it happens. But they go to a brothel. And it's, it takes a bit of a turn, and I didn't like it very much. I didn't yeah. like that turn. You don't want to elaborate on that, or maybe tell me after the show. Might be spoilers. Okay, we'll, we'll, tell me after yeah. the show. Oh, yeah, we'll do it after the show. Yeah, um, let's do it after the show. Yeah. I, won't, I, I mean, won't I, lead on, I, I, I don't I, think yeah. I don't think I got that far, but I remember I remember I was really enjoying it. Um, but it was one of those just pick it. I just had to pick what titles. Do you know what I mean to keep reading it? And yeah, that was one. That, and this is just a personal choice. One of the other things I didn't like too much is the, and there's nothing wrong about using models and it's just a personal taste, but I think she used models a little too much. Mm. Some of the facial acting in it, I think. My favorite character uh, is in the dude with the models or. Yeah. Yeah. What's the name of the lady who draws it? I forget her name now. Uh, Fiona Staples. Fiona yeah. Staples. Yeah. There's a couple of faces in it. I thought that someone's posed for you. Uh, and it's just it's oh, it's fine for a lot of comics it's just not something I like that much fair personally. enough yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't quite work out how it was done you know sometimes I look at it and I think well that's all hand drawn oh that's a bit of CG and I was looking at it, I, was, I, I don't know how this is made yeah. it was okay kind of interesting I remember my favourite character was a guy with a TV for a head yeah, um, yeah he's the one people cosplay isn't it yeah yeah, uh, yeah I, I, like I said not hating on it not kind yeah. of raving about it it, yeah, it was alright 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, my I think my it's probably one. about expectations. Though, yeah. Just quickly, it's it's like people go on about it being the best thing since cheese, and kind of it's it's my problem. I listen to what people say. I just don't go into things cold sometimes. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of expectations. Oh, well, yours is a big one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my one is uh, the first volume, the collective volume of Akira. Hmm. Um, a series that obviously is a classic. You'd um, never read it before, have you? Never. You've seen the film. But... Seen the film many years ago. It's one of those ones that I keep, whenever I see it on the DVD shelf, I think, I really need to watch that again. Um, but it'd been long enough to, so that it, I couldn't remember. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, could still, I could read this fresh for what it was. This, is, of course, is the first volume in that um, that massive collection that um, the reprints. I think Dark Horse had a hand. I in. think it's, is it four books or five? I think it's uh, five or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. This came out. I want to get this right. Duh, 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 duh. Uh, I mean, there's a message in the front that says 2009. Um, yeah, so this is all time. this is the first volume, which is three hundred and sixty. There's sixty three pages of story. Three hundred six. It's a chunk. And, and I remember. I mean, I was looking at this. I when it came through, I think on that. It, it, when we were on that episode talking about the books, it was either on that episode or the day after that. I I think I got it from eBay. Hmm. Yeah. Um. And when it arrived, I thought, ah, it's here. Had a had a flick through, thought uh, beautiful, but then it, but then because of the size of it, it's intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just the first volume. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And in my head, the density of the Akira story was magnified because I just thought this is going to be dense. This is so much. Yeah. You know, I know, yeah. especially like manga works on so many different levels. There's all these things going on. Oh God, God! When I start this. I was a bit nervous to start it, and yeah, uh, do you ever much, have yeah. that with like some yeah. some big ti- big titles? Yeah. Like, right, okay, how am I, I feel going into it? And when I started it, uh, one thing that surprised me is how quick I read this. You read yeah. through it, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. It, and it's not just it's um, designed that way. I think a lot of the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's drawn yeah. and written, that yeah, way. and yeah. and and scenes like you know, there's like twenty odd pages that are a mo- motorcycle chase, yeah. Um, and it's really uh, this is Katsuhiro Otomo. I, I probably yeah. murdered that, but yeah. that's that's the creator. Um, if you don't know the basis of Akira, I mean, you should. You could, um, it's basically it's sort of a post-apocalyptic um, Neo Tokyo. Hmm. So in 1992, as it says in the beginning, 92. <laughs> uh, at 2.17pm 2, 2. on December the 6th, 1992, a new type of bomb exploded over the metro- metropolitan area of Japan. Um, and then there's a double page splash of a, like, a, like an enormous sort of black explosion. Um, and at, it's post-World War III, um, and this basically takes place in 2030, which I kind of thought was, you know... It's that classic thing, you know, when real life catches up with the sci-fi dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this was started to be serialized in manga in 1982. Man, you think that's uh, pretty Watchmen and pre Dark Knight? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This volume, the first volume one, um, was 1984, 
uh, it came out. Not the, not necessarily this particular book I'm talking about that I've got. This is the lovely big collection that they they put out. But that's just to give you an idea of the dates, right? So 1982, the the, the future that they put in this. I mean, we're talking in a sense that I think I truly understood why Akira is in the same like when people talk about Blade Runner being is like yeah, a huge yeah. influence on dystopian science fiction and Akira is part of that. And of course I, I had the aesthetics of like the, the, the animation, the manga and mm. thought, yeah, well that's really cool. But just looking through the book, it is it is timeless. It does not date. Um yes, the actual dates themselves like two thousand thirty, you know, we'll we'll be there soon enough if I don't know if the world hasn't exploded. But um and aliens if you listen to this, thanks for listening. Um <laughs> But in terms of the look, the feel, just the style of drawing, everything has not dated. That in itself is quite a spectacular feat for a book that came out in nineteen eighty you know, it started yeah. in nineteen eighty two. And it is it is as fluid at the beginning as it is at the end. It is consistent. Hmm. I know that's part of like you know the manga aesthetic and the way they work and stuff. This book uh, intrigued me because the first like six or ten pages are all in colour. It's kind of reminded me of like um, the classic UK comics. You know when you had like two pages yeah. that were colour and the rest is all black and white. And I think we mentioned that didn't we in the manga month? That's yeah, yeah it's quite do. common, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then it gets stuck into the story of like you know Tetsuo and Kanada and lots of other characters that I didn't you know I didn't think about because you only think of two main characters when you, if there's you, a lot you, more there than is in yeah, the film, isn't there? So yeah. much, yeah, so much more going on, and with the biker gangs and <laughs> the action is unbelievable. I mean, it rips rips along at quite a pace. Um, so there are some characters that look fairly similar. But there's, but some of them you don't need to worry about because they're just taken out, taken out in horrible ways, or you know, it's some of the best depictions of buildings crippling, falling apart, girders, huge structures. It's phenomenal. It's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. It's like yeah. you, you know, we we go on about like you know, it's the still the standard. It's still what everyone tries to do. Yes, it's still yeah, 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 a yeah. high point for me. Yeah, in manga, an yeah. absolutely high point. I mean, the, the writing's fascinating because this first volume, which is 360-odd pages, and it only just scratches the surface of the story, you're getting broad strokes of who characters are. I was, because I kind of forgot about the, the character a bit, like, Kanada is a dickhead. Yeah, and I totally. Th- I, he's, he's, not a, he's not a great person. No. And, but, you know, you think back to the poster, you know, the, walking towards the bike, the poster of him with a gun, you, you think of a heroic character. And that's not what you get in this first volume. It was fascinating. Tetsuo is, you know, there's so much life and layers to these different things, as well as yeah. the, the story about the experiments and everything else going on and the, you know, the wonderful depictions of heads exploding. I mean, because... A lot of the story goes back to the kind of the, the rivalry between the two of them and yeah. uh, Kaneda always being over Tetsuo and the yeah. resentment that comes to that. And when the result roles are reversed, how that plays out. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of you know people just hiding for things. I mean, there's, there's some dialogue. Maybe it's lost in the translation a bit, or you know, speech bubbles. There are always issues with manga, man. Yeah, there's yeah. There, there's some sort of seems overly melodramatic. Yeah, there's some yeah. rhythms that don't work. There was one scene that I possibly thought that Kanada looked a little bit rapey. 
Um, okay. There's one Goodbye. page where I was like, "What's he doing?" Yeah. But then it then it twists it on his head um, a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, thank God." I always remember getting a bit of quadrophenia when I first read yeah, this. There, there, is, there is that, yeah, 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 yeah. It's that kind of thing. You've got the young, the young people on bikes and they're taking drugs and just, yeah, fucking living their life and don't give a shit about the future. Such, such, um, you know, and you've got like the clown gang as well. There's lots of different things going on. It's um, there's a lot of Clockwork Orange there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of influences. Um, it is. It's all justified. If you haven't read this, people, it's all justified. Essentially, I, you know, I will continue with the story at some point. I, you know, I'm not going to rush out and uh, pick up the second volume yet. But I think I will um, quite enjoy collecting these if I see it. You know, if I see them at a decent price. If, so. if you do the thing, put it on like I've got them on the uh, a watch list on eBay, and then get that once a week email that pops up and goes, "Oh, look, these are listed." And so, oh look, there's one going there for like a quid. Yeah. So I yeah. just keep an eye on that, and then yeah. sometimes it bumps up to like eight. That's, yeah. like, That's nothing. I think that, and and to finish off my talk about this, so basically, thumbs up, um, a hugely rewarding experience of a book that I've been meaning to finish. And I, there you go. I want to see yeah. more about the story. Um, and I'm going to end with the, the preface of the book, which is from uh, Otomo himself. This was written in June the 16th, uh, 2009. He says, Whether I should send my congratulations or a thank you to Kodansha Comics upon this republication of Akira, I don't know. But Akira was my very first long serialised manga, and hmm. one which I later reconstructed into an animated film. For this reason, it is a work which, to which I am deeply attached. It reflects the essence of my views towards life and death and the world which surrounds us. I hope it will be an entertaining reading experience. Now that made me like the creator. Nice to be humble, isn't it? There yeah. was that sort of um, that's very humble. Yeah, is a few he not people could pay attention to that? Is, is he not aware it. of what he created? <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah, um, and of course, like the the creator also directed the film, like, and yeah, so it's I'm on board. People, obviously, people would be like, finally, where have you been? Um, no, but, that's how I feel a bit about mine. But we yeah. talk about when we talk about cyberpunk and dystopian, a lot of it doesn't exist without Akira. A lot of it just downright steals of it. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it does yeah. not, you know. And and the creators of a lot of these cyberpunk books will, they will admit that. Do you know what I mean? How can you not? Um, but when you go back, it's another thing that when I read this book, it's a it's a reminder. Ah, that's where it all came from. Yeah, it's a classic I mean? for a reason. Yeah, it's a yeah. classic for a reason, and it's not just the story; it's it's the world. So yeah, that's my one. A little bit of a ramble there, but I think uh, just no, nah, it's cool. And stuff, Tony, you had you had you've been in the trenches, haven't you? Well, I have literally, and I left it to the final week to do this. <laughs> so I've read quite a lot in the last week and a half. Um, Instead, I'm on a rip. I'm on an, a thing now where I'm, I've written down every comic I've read in the last month. So I might do I might do a little prize next week if anyone can guess the number I've read. Um, but I did I decided that I was missing out on a lot of war comics. It's a sort of genre that I didn't really read as a kid, um, and I didn't really read growing up. I think I'm sort of quoted as saying I didn't read Charlie's War till I was in my forties, you know, which is the sort of high point for it for me. So I decided right, I'm going to read a load of war comics, and um, I sort of threw myself into it. There's a, there's a couple I won't name them all, but there's a couple of high points. Um, anything by anything. Um, that Joe Cubitt does on Sergeant Rock is worth reading. And I read a, a, a short, a short, so it was all later um, Cubitt work called um, Sergeant Rock, the Prophecy, which is incredible. Um, really good. I read one, um, which is, is now on Dan's comic Mart list called Fury Peacemaker, 
which is um, World War II story about Sergeant Fury um, when he meets the SAS um, and what happens there. And it's, it's really well done. Anything by Ennis, who's by Garth Ennis and um, anything by Ennis in relation to the war, you know, it's going to be amazing. And yeah, yeah, I just yeah, kind of, yeah. I don't know why I don't just make an effort to go and track all the stuff down because like, I've loved every bit of it. Yeah, I yeah, think what I, for me, one of the best researchers in, in comics because when I read one of his war comics, it feels like something that's been researched. And yeah, I'm, and I'm yeah. learning something. But Sarah, yeah. Sarah, Sarah, yeah. whatever it was. This God, one. yeah, spot on. Yeah. And he's interesting because there's that, that that British DNA of war comics with him. If you hear, go back to the Mega City Book Club where Eamon had him on, and I think I can quote him as saying, he says Charlie War is the greatest comic that's ever been. God, Ennis. So you see that almost like that line of DNA from Pat, you know, because mm. for us in the UK, war comics was our superheroes. People maybe in America don't appreciate that. Whilst all their comics were full of people punching each other, wearing funny clothes. Ours were about the first and second world war, you know, and almost, you know, we had a whole comics, you know, every week would come out uh, different submarines and different soldiers on the front and, you know, different fronts, you know, and the Japanese, you know, all this sort of sort of thing going on. Um, and yeah, so I've, I've I've really enjoyed it. I have to say, probably be, just because of the ease of using the Marvel and DC apps, quite a lot of them have been Marvel and DC reads. And there's some real gold in it. Anything anything Sergeant Rock is is so ignored. If, I've got the DC app, and there's very little Rock on there, which is an absolute. I think it's a fucking crime to be honest with you. If you read some of those books; it's incredible. You know, they, 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 and everyone thinks, oh, they're just this rah rah, you know, Americans in the war kind of story. They're not. They deal with. Um, all kinds of very serious issues that happen in the war is, is really interesting. And that's um, the one I just quoted. Um, that one talks about Lithuania and, you know, how badly the people they were treated and how they, they managed to live it and, you know, the, the, the actual horrors of war that were going on. So I read that. I read, um, I cheekily read a couple of issues of Invaders as well, you know, because technically that happens in the war. Um, and I read um, The Punisher Invades Nam, which is a fucking, it's like reading a Rambo movie in a comic. Um, but the real one that I just ripped through, and one that I, we chatted a bit about this, Dan, didn't we? The it, it's one that I've only maybe read an issue or two because I had a sort of odd black and white issue comic of it. Was the Nam? Um, yes. So I read. It's fucking again. These apps, mm -hmm. they just need to sort themselves out. But issues one to thirty are on the Marvel app of the Nam, and then it's sort of there's the odd issue here and there after that. So you can't really read it at a rate. But the Nam was um, incredible. I, I, I keep a I keep a record, as I've said, of comics that I read, and I rate them out of ten about just my enjoyment of them. And everything is eight, nines, tens. For the Nam, everything. Um, yeah. Mm. The first thirty issues of it, which deal. Um, well, am I right in saying this, Dan? Where a year of the comic relates to a year. I of think the that's right. Tour. Yeah. 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 Um, so you get people who cycle in and out of it because obviously a lot of them were on a year's tour but a lot of them would sign up for longer a lot yep. of them joined you know did a third tour a lot of them come from different fronts and different wars and involved in it and so you see these characters come and go some of them die you mm. know some of them yeah. are treated well some of them are arrested um some of them are shot um and it deals with them coming and going and there's there's this character early on this sort of ginger kid who turns up and he's very naive in the first issue. And the first few issues are drawn, written by Doug Murray and drawn by Michael Golden. And I think probably the first 12 issues are the high point of it for me. Um, and he he's, starts off as this naive soldier, you know, and he's lucky to survive. And he turns into someone who's just this fucking, 
The Vietnam War wasn't a very nice place, and I'm no, sure they can't no. show it all because it's still a Marvel comic. But he t- he turns into this sort of hardened guy, but he turns into this guy that people like, and he he helps them. And then what it does cleverly is it re- it cycles other characters in as you go along, and they're they're always saying who are the, who's the new blood we got this week, and it'll be like this is John, he's from Oregon, you know, it's like that. Yeah. Um. But what they do is they 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 get to the end of the twelve issues, they skip an issue, and then they show him trying to live his life as a school teacher um back in what's called the real world you know and he just he mm. can't yeah, yeah and he, he gets in a row with a guy and he says he says yeah but you're there all the troops are evil over there and he says we you've not been there man you don't understand uh, yeah. you mm. know it's just this sort of it's the equivalent of twitter politics isn't it you know the people don't yeah, really yeah. look into anything you know they don't really consider anything and what um murray does here is he does an excellent job of making these people real which is what we want in our fiction, don't we? We yeah. want that sense of verisimilitude in it, you know, where we think these people are, you know, living and breathing people. And, and as I understand it, Doug had a real background. He was a, he was a vet, wasn't he? Is that right? Doug? Uh because there's that story where, like, there's it's early on in the run, the the three of them they go to a hotel for the night, like they get some time off. Yes, and the hotel's yeah. attached. And it's like, man, this fucking feels like uh, semi autobiographical. It feels so real. Yeah, this must yeah. have happened, or something. He heard about it because, and he has to pull a girder from his mate, doesn't he? He's yeah, yeah, track, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, and I was yeah. Like, Man, this fucking feels real. At the age I remember reading it, and it was I found it maybe as you did, Vince, in the backup to the Weekly Punisher. Yeah, once, yeah, or monthly. It's it's one of it's responsible for um, when we've talked about deaths in comics and stuff, um, and it's a strange one that you know you, superheroes you see them exploding, or all these sort of things happen. There's one, and I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, one of the main characters, he kind of dies off panel. He um, is the victim of, of a sniper. That hit me when right. I was reading that. That was a real. He, he's a likable guy as well. I don't know if you, you probably know the one I'm talking about. And the way when I reread it, I didn't get this the first time around when I was reading it as a kid. But when I reread it, there's a real sad, melancholy sort of poetry to the way. That they yeah, talk really about is, these, yeah, yeah, these guys, yeah. Yeah. but it's almost it's also uh, doubled in. You know, the sadness doubles in with the fact that the practicalities of these people who are on the front. You got to go. You got to move on past it, man. Yeah, yeah. You, your best friend just died. You know, a guy you've been closer to than yeah. anyone in your life because they're kids. These guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you got you got to move on from it. It's it's a really well nuanced. It's a really nuanced series. Um, I'm I'm desperate to get the rest of the issues now and read on. Um, another high point is Ron Wagner and Andy Kubert did some fucking covers, man. There's some covers mm. here. Will blow your mind. Um, there's one cover. I'm not sure who did it actually. I should check, but there's one cover where it's it's just an image of a guy. They get some. I think is it the sequence where they get some Thai soldiers in to help them out, and one of the Thai soldiers executes someone in front of them. And the cover is this sort of red background of him just holding a gun before he shoots someone in the head. You know, it's very similar to some of those yeah. photographs we were seeing. Yeah. coming out you know at the time you know those historic black and white photographs of you know the atrocities that were going on there because well, i think maybe it's part of my age as well because when i was 16 we were getting stuff like platoon came out full metal yeah. jacket yeah. and no sort of movies hamburger hill and this sort of thing and it, we, we had gone from the john wayne red you know green berets or red berets or what they're called that movie which is sort of almost like was it like the heroic movie about vietnam yeah, yeah. and we were beginning to see the real sort of darkness um yeah. of what what happened over there and there's a bit of that in this and there's also a bit of like just people you know what i mean yeah. that's all i want to read well about. I, read about I, I just i just looked up um obviously i went to the wiki about this uh, there's a couple of interesting things about this yeah um, murray figured that it might last for 12 issues right okay. um, that he was surprised when shooter greenlit the series yeah um, it was down to um the editor who was the editor on it um 
Yeah, uh, Larry Hammer, Hammer, wasn't it? Yeah. Larry Hammer. Yeah, Larry oh, Hammer. Really who, I'm really who, surprised it's got greenlit. Yeah, who who start started? Um, he he obviously Larry Hammer is a Vietnam vet and yeah, yeah Joe. Yeah, um, and uh, Murray figured that it would it might last for twelve issues, but it sold quite well with the first issue outselling X Men the month it came out. Oh wow! Think, think about that. Um, yeah. But what we're talking about then just made me think about it uh, as I was looking at this bit um, about the comics code approved series. In order to reach a, a broader audience, he said, "I wanted a way to at least tell part of the story to the kids and maybe get other people to talk about it as well." Because yeah. of the code, he was not able to address things like drug use or include swearing. Hammer and Murray wanted to ignore politics and focus on the war from the average foot soldier's point of view. Murray said that the comic was a pretty accurate view of the way the average soldier looked at the war. It was an it was outside ordinary experience. The world was elsewhere. And he also decided to do the comic in real time so that one issue equaled one month to convey the concept. Yeah, okay, yeah, I time. thought that. I had that in the back of my mind. I think one of you guys had said that before when I was reading yeah. it, so I had that in the back of my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Golden was the hotness, wasn't he? Because he must have been coming off Micronauts around this time as well, I think. Yeah. Um, which is kind of... I remember the Micronauts are. I think Chaykin says it was, it was being handed round, and he sees Michael Golding as the the greatest comic artist since the you know since, from the Bronze Age mm. onwards, and the fucking it's incredible. I'm not yeah. doing down people like Wayne Van Sant. <clears throat> it's good, solid cartooning. It's just I think there's that dash of almost a combination of action and caricature that Golding's got in his work early on. Oh, it's lovely mm, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was saying about that GI Jarrah and you were going to keep an eye out for, but like all the vehicle DLs are there. Yeah. And but they're kind of slightly cartoony and mm. rubbery, but it's fucking amazing. It's such a skill. Yeah. I was feeling like I was learning when I was yeah. reading this as well, learning about stuff. You know, it is interesting. So war you comics. That always from a comic, but it's yeah, always... so war comics. I, I'm, I'm going to keep on the Nam. <clears throat> yeah. I'm going to keep keep reading um, Rock. Um, Bruce Campbell's writing Rock at the moment. Okay. Sergeant Rock versus Evil Dead. So let's see what happens with that. Um, it, it's all right. I enjoyed the first issue. It is what it is. But we haven't had a second issue yet, which yeah. seems seems rather strange. Um, but yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it, man. It was a good experience. Yeah, um, it's a weird one to just read over a period. So yeah, I've I've read like fifty issues in the last week or so, mm. and it's a str- it's a strange genre just to go into because the realism that you get from stuff like the Nam, it makes when you then transfer over to reading, for example, a really shit Fantastic Four comic. As I yeah. did today, um, it, it it makes it str- it's a strange experience. Yeah, it's an yeah. interesting experience that way. Yeah, right. but this whole experience has been um, great. So interesting. Oh, yeah, we yeah. Do it. we should do it yeah. again. Let's do it again, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing we will do again is this show, and we'll be back next week. And we hope you <laughs> hope you enjoyed this this week's show. Thanks again, Shane, for joining us. If there's anything uh, you want us to talk about on upcoming um, episodes, etc., please get in touch with us. Um, you can email us awesomecomicspod at gmail.com uh, follow us on twitter at the awesome pod um, facebook is facebook.com slash awesomecomicspodcast there's the page awesome comics talk there's the slack group uh, the awesome comics podcast slack group loads uh, of that this week again get, yeah. Get, yeah. In touch, yeah. get in touch with us um, about joining that because that's full of wonderful people thank you for listening to us whether it is on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com if you listen to us on apple apple podcast apple uh, it's been a long day. Uh, yes. <laughs> please subscribe, like, leave a review. Just helps the algorithms and just get this show out to as many people as possible. If you listen to us on any other networks like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife, what other networks are we on, Tony? We're on a pod network for cinema fans. It's called 
One, is it called? One large cockporn, please. Oh, I got that wrong. Hang on. One large popcorn, please. There was a real sexual way you went, oh, got that wrong. She's <laughs> like, like, it has a bit of acting. Uh, uh, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do it again. One large cockporn, please. Oh, <laughs> I mean, one large popcorn. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. It was going to be pod pussy cannon, but I didn't go with that one. Oh, well. Never mind. Well, we can use that next week. No, yeah, no, but... <laughs> no, no one's heard it. Um, but <laughs> where can people find our lovely comics, etc.? Tony? Neveronanything.com. There you go. Daniel? You can find me on Twitter uh, at Vanguard Comic. You can Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. And you can back Viper on Kickstarter. Just look up Viper Crimson Dawn or on the uh, various social media networks that I'm going to be pestering and shouting about till I go horse. So uh, go sit on there. You go full pony. Uh, (laughs) Pony and uh, trap. Yeah, (laughs) You can find me on social media at Jester Diablo. Um, Thank you very much um, for listening, everyone. Um, Hope wherever you are, if you went to Thought Bubble or whatever convention, hope you had a great weekend and you get home safe and you're happy, healthy, wherever you are in the world, if you're at a convention, actually. Uh, we hope you're doing all right, happy, healthy, because we love you very much. Don't we, Tony? Don't we, what? Dan? Yes, we do. Yeah. Very much yeah, so. Mate, you don't mean it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. We always mean it. And uh, I'm not going to do your crow voice again, Tony. <laughs> what was I a crow last week? What the fuck was that all about? I was a crow. <laughs> It'll be a thing. Fan art, that's what we want. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, go forth, read loads of comics, make loads of comics, have a brilliant week. And as always, from Dan, Tony and myself, I, what should the people do, guys? Stay, Stay awesome. awesome. Just well-oiled machine. Yeah. Yeah. But bye. Bye. See ya.